0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattelage legend Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and here's your host, Robert Winfrey. Yay!
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome Hey, you're on, to-
0: the, you're on the bottom. You get to taste the drippings tonight. <laughs> you're in the Jesse spot. <laughs> I'm not saying anything.
1: <laughs> not, I will not. That, inc- that'll teach will, you to.
0: That'll teach you to show up late. By the way, I, <laughs> or after the, or after the other guest. Like,
1: there's a difference between after between late and after the whoever happens to be there before me. Those are two very different things. I'm still at least five minutes early to every one of these.
0: This is true, and yet there you are, below me. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to sanction your buffoonery. I'm
1: not touching any
0: of it. Yeah, you are. Arrgh. Yeah, well, I'm on the wrong show. I'm doing the Metal Hammer of Doom extra. We'll start again. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, now that Mark's got that out of his system, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, here on
1: Damn You Hollywood, we're talking about another streaming movie because September is almost upon us. I'm stealing Mark's descriptor for the month of September, by the way, because that <laughs> made me laugh.
0: Uh, we're yeah, discussing... I, sent up, I sent up the schedule last week and I was like, here's what we're doing. Welcome to September. He did. I take
1: it a lot of cartoons
0: and bad metal. Hang on. You want to hear a lot of nothing,
1: actually, for for the record, everyone, the third voice you're hearing, because we're talking about a Sylvester Stallone movie. We couldn't do this without Pat Mullen, of course. Pat. Yes. How the heck are you?
2: I never, you know, know when these opportunities are going to arise to uh, review a new Stallone vehicle or something from Scott Speedman or, you know, Mark Dacascos or what have you. Or a guy who looks a lot like Steven Dorff, who I initially thought was Steven Dorff, but it turns out he wasn't.
1: No, not Steven Dorff. <laughs> so, but I'm glad to
0: be here nonetheless. We couldn't do this show without you. We waiting a year to do this because this was supposed to come out last June in theaters. But as I had to just explain to my wife, Amazon bought MGM. MGM took everything out of the theaters and said, You're all streaming now. Good luck to you. Um, so September so goes like this Upload season two. Okay, Ugh. we're not even doing a movie next week. Nothing. That's true. Um, then the following week is Pinocchio, which is streaming on Terrible. Disney+. Plus. That does, I then believe the, that's the,
1: the – so this will be the Zemeckis version.
0: Yes. And then the following week is the Orville Season 3. Ugh. So yet another week without a movie. And then because, uh, be, because I really wanted to talk about this, and I rearranged my schedule to accommodate this, The Munsters on a special Wednesday edition because I'll be at Clutch the that tuesday you have you have so, one acceptable program out of four for an entire month <laughs> well i mean that doesn't count any of the metal hammer of dooms and stuff that we're doing you just you have, don't have know one what- acceptable <laughs> program <out> of- <laughs> i don't know how many we're talking the wire season two doesn't that count for something i wasn't a big fan of the wire oh my god well that, that thank you for coming pat we'll get you out of here <laughs> that's that's fine <laughs> oh now you're on the oh, bottom now, now i'm on bottom now you're on the bottom you get to taste the drippings Unless
1: I'm a power bottom.
0: Oh boy! <laughs> you walked
1: into that one, Mark. Someone
0: was going to make that joke at your
1: expense sooner or
0: later. I mean, I'm fine with it. You're the you're the you're the one who doesn't really want to be part of my TikTok internet polyamory party. So, look, I don't From the top to the bottom. Ooh, I got him. I,
1: uh, Mark, I've my line about that has repeatedly been the following, and you know this to be true. You don't want
0: me there. <laughs> That's going on your tombstone. Here lies Robert Winfrey. Nobody wanted him there. About right.
1: Well, <laughs> so everybody tonight before we talk about Samaritan, we need to set the table a little bit. Mark mentioned the history of this movie and the entire MGM studio being bought by Amazon and what unspeakable terror that will ring that hath wrought upon us all. But about Samaritan in particular, you need to understand a little something about the inspiration for this particular movie, and I don't mean the source material necessarily. I need to take you back to a dark time a gritty time a deliberately gritty dark grim, dark, rainy aesthetic let's talk about action movies in the 1990s this is a sad sad decade that i lived through and was very formative to me and to everyone here in point of fact because we're all roughly the same age probably more formative for me and pat than for mark mark was about 10 years older than us so he was a bit more formed in his opinions but there was a string of movies in the 1990s that all did something very, very similar. They took a slightly worn down, jaded hero, they stuck them in a gritty, dark, again, like quasi grim dark aesthetic, and then slapped a child into the mix to try and elevate things, appeal to a slightly different audience, what have you. And by the end of it, our hero is a hero again, and the rain stops, and the world's a little bit brighter. And if you didn't live through the 90s, let me tell you these things were everywhere. If you want to know how everywhere they were, I'm going to throw two names of you, one of which is allegedly an actor, one of which is a great actor, who both did movies in the same vein with slight tweaks to them to be more family-friendly. But both Shaquille O'Neal and Burt Reynolds did one of these. If you're scratching your head going, wait, Burt Reynolds, yes, he did. It, again, this got changed to be a bit more family-friendly. It's a movie called Cop and a Half. Feel free to look it up if you can find it. I don't know that you can. Burt Reynolds and his estate may have sued the thing into oblivion, but it did release, and I did see it in theaters because I was a small child. Saw so it on, nah, on
2: you video, to wait. did not you get go.
1: to the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the movies that came out my school. I was living in Oregon at the time. Had a thing that the families could buy into that would give you what, uh, a specific movie. You could go to a local theater and see during this period of weeks. Uh, was it year-round? It was close to year-round. It was like, at bare minimum, full school year. And every Saturday, like, hey, if you are a part of this you know, subscription club model, here's the movie. Go see it. And that was one of them. I saw the first Flintstones movie that way. Uh, which about the less said, the better, but yeah, cop and a half was one of those. Uh, yeah, you know, they miss... made a cop and a half too. I believe it. Uh, um, with Lou Arna... Diamond Phillips. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm gonna have to find out. Oh, doesn't that now. the math
2: not work out on that? Like, shouldn't it have been like instead of cop and a half, like cop and cop, like, or cop and cop and a half? At...
1: Two cops and a half, maybe. I don't know. Like you, you would have to tweak that a little bit. Yeah, Arnold did a couple of these, depending on how you want to qualify. Last action hero and or kindergarten cop. Uh, Van Damme did at least one of these. Again, uh, Lionheart, I think, falls very firmly in this aesthetic. Uh, less rain because they set it in Los Angeles, so a lot of baking heat, but the same basic setup. There Where it is. You find Mark. A <laughs> cop and a half.
0: Uh, it's not up. No. Nope. We there just it see the
2: poster for Samaritan. Oh, there
0: no, you go. Oh, there it is. Yeah, no, it yeah it went away for a second, but yeah, there it is. If you, you can rent it, you can you can rent it for four dollars or buy it for fifteen on Amazon Prime. Yeah.
2: Also, you might notice the director name, Henry Winfrey. Hey. Oh, good with the
1: bonds. There's a reason he didn't direct a whole lot after that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, it's uh cop and House. It's,
2: uh, it's a funny movie because it's a uh, cop a kid. And kid's not normally in a cop movie. You know, you were
0: talking about that. And the first thing I could think of was Schwarzenegger and Last Action Hero, which yeah. we, I, I was not cognizant of it at the time. I, I always thought Last Action Hero was a sort of a broad parody of the action genre. It the is. More you're talking about it, I'm. it's obviously also a very pointed parody of that kind of action movie of, you know, big, big muscly, masculine action guy, small child. Yeah, Clarity ensues.
1: Again there's that one uh again I mentioned again Lionheart's a little bit different there's a whole family involved and it's not actually a romantic connection it's the yeah. it's Van Damme's brother but And with
2: this being more in the superhero type vein you have movies like The Crow is kind Crow. of a very yeah. obvious call to oh, this, yeah. especially you have the involvement of a child you have a city that's about to mm-hmm. cannibalize itself based on right. the machinations of one particular gang with a well, very I, charismatic out, I I throw out leader. Darkman
0: because that, that that's such a big part of like the 90s like dark action movie but I Actually, don't remember there being a kid in it. There was not a kid in dark, it, not... it,
2: it was, as the name implies, a little bit dark
1: for a child. Mm-hmm. Take the fucking elephant,
0: uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> God bless you, Liam Mason.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, was that thinking, was okay. Go ahead.
2: I, I was thinking you have like a serious contender that and like the crow with the mm-hmm. uh, aesthetics of it visually,
0: the, yes. the child
2: involvement with the little girl who's always like Eric, Eric, and um, yeah. then on like the the more family-friendly and you have stuff that was all around at the time like meteor man. Oh uh, yeah. Again, it's an inner city largely under the control of a very auspicious gang. And then you have this one superhero who's going to stand against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was really a very common theme throughout probably about 1989 to right up until like, I would say probably about Batman and Robin time. Uh, that yeah. This was kind yeah. of our, our mapped plan for a lot of these movies, a lot of them straight to video stuff like the guyver, uh, mm-hmm. If you ever saw that with Mark Hamill, uh Abraxist, Guardian of the Universe with Oh my Jesse
0: god, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a staple of the mom and pop video store back in the day. Um, um, Long Island.
1: The uh, the terrible uh, Was it Master of the Universe or the sequel to Master of the Universe? The one of them I think fell into this uh, or was it Beastmaster too? I can't remember. Wait, Beastmaster too.
0: Because there was no sequel to Masters of the Universe. Okay,
1: then yeah, right. it would be that, that Into too. a Van
2: Damme vehicle called Cyborg.
1: Yeah, yeah, Cyborg definitely. Um, There's another Van Damme movie that fits into this. Um, oh, the one he, during his mullet phase, when, he played, he, when they were trying to pass off his accent as Cajun. Oh God,
2: <laughs> where he's they hunt him down to kill him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember the title, but yeah, that's the movie. Hard to Kill,
2: I think, is actually the name of it.
1: No, that no no, no it hard might target. Be, Hard target, hard target. Hard to kill is um Seagal. Steve Austin. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, no, that's to that kill. I... Hard,
2: hard hard to kill. Seag- they're they're all three letters and some kind of kill whatever. It's yeah, funny. it's
1: it, it is what it is as far as that goes. Yeah, it's it, it was a thing. It was absolutely a thing and I mean they stuck the uh, part of you guys might remember this. There was that bit a uh, couple of years ago now where people were swearing up and down that uh, Sinbad was the the actor in uh, Kazam instead of Shaq. I can tell you why people are confused
0: about that. I was going to say, cause... you know, you brought up Shaq, and the first thing I thought of was Steel. No, no, no. Which I know Kazam. is a comic book adaptation, but...
1: And again, kind of Steel. Still mm-hmm. kind of fits. Kind of yeah. fits, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Kazam, where he's this... J- where Shaq is supposed to be this jaded genie who is found by a, a troubled young kid, and the kid is the one who kind of gives him a reason to live and helps show him around the world. Uh... But around the same time, there was a Sinbad vehicle called First Kid, where he played a Secret Service agent assigned to protect the president's child, and that's, right. I think that's where a lot of the confusion came from. As there far was, as there that was a
2: point in time where Sinbad just made a bunch of really fun movies, like First mm-hmm. Kid, House Guest uh, was probably one of my favorites. Oh, I forgot. So Guest, he was yeah.
0: the, uh, you know, Sinbad, people don't know now, but Sinbad back in his time was actually one of those big crossover African-American comedians that... Had a dirty routine, but he cleaned himself up and got got himself a lot of vehicles that were family friendly. Not the least of which was he was the counselor on a different world, which was the mm-hmm. Cosby show spin-off. Walter. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so he Robert, was uh,
1: he was kind of Chris Rock before Chris Rock, and he just burned out a lot faster than Chris Rock.
0: A lot but, well, a lot of them did. I was thinking more like Martin Lawrence, you know, like Martin Lawrence okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. came up dirty and and then was in a bunch of you know very fam- family friendly clean movies he had a sitcom too that was always the pattern That wasn't
2: family friendly though <laughs> no it was not <laughs> what no, uh, martin
0: fifth floor <laughs> I was that was the pattern though wasn't it back in the day it was like you you would come up um with your dirty routines and then you would get your you know you'd get your shot on like the tonight show or something and then you'd be seen by mainstream America Send and to somebody- this pilot and then, yeah, and then somebody would whisper in your ear, like, clean up your act. We have a possible shot at a sitcom. Yeah. And that was always, if you got a sitcom, the next step was movies <laughs> for, you know, varying degrees of successes. That was, that was always the pattern. But so take us back to, so we have this, reason, we have this whole era of 90s movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the reason we have to talk a little bit about that is not, um, I believe the comic this is inspired by draws heavily on that inspiration. I'd have to double check that, but I'd, I'd bet a lot of money on it. Yes, you have to understand this aesthetic choice and this artistic choice to understand that Samaritan actually works better as a bit of a lampooning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a lot. It's actually a fair bit fun in its own right, uh, much more so than I expected going into this. I expected it to be total crap, and it's not total crap. But... See also
2: Final Fight and Streets of Rage.
1: True. <laughs> Unfortunately for this movie, and this, I'm going to go into the plot after this, but the problem that this movie runs into is the problem a lot of these movies ran into. And I think it's, if I were to guess why Darkman did not have a kid, it's because Sam Raimi, and his infinite wisdom, knew mm-hmm. you don't work with kids. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think you also... don't work
1: with kids. The,
0: I, this was the right movie to pull out of theaters and put on Amazon, because yeah. people like us will find it and will watch it, but it would have never made money in the theaters. And I want to add on to that, this very specific point. There's a lot to enjoy in this movie. There's a lot to appreciate if you're the kind of person that appreciates these kinds of movies. But when you think about like the greater kitchen table conversations we're having and the kinds of movies that are being made, you know, the very sort of thing that tweaks Pat Mullen's nipples on an ongoing basis, this is so antithetical to the kinds of movies being made now. Like, this is almost...
2: Particularly the superhero movies. Yeah,
0: Yeah. this, this is almost somebody, like, flipping the table over and being angry about the state of movies and going, I'm making this as a response to that, and I wish it had been better because of it. Like, it's not... This isn't good enough to satirize or editorialize the state of superhero movies or movies in general. It's just good enough to be enjoyable for people who like dumb action movies. We can come back to that.
1: Yeah, that that's more or less correct. So, uh, anything else we want to say before I get onto the plot of this?
0: Let's roll. Hit it, Hit right. it baby. So we get you to the chopper. A... Sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong movie.
1: Wrong movie. Wrong actor. Wrong <laughs> genre. Hey, hey, hey! That's who we're talking about.
0: I need your boots, your clothes, and your name Now you're doing, doing it this. on
1: purpose. <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll give you the first one, just you being weird. like, like Your brain not working. I'm not giving you the second Let's one. Let's fix it. Bison, I'm going to eat you so hard. The Perfect. next Bison yeah. wannabe is going to feel it. I love that. I actually love that line. That movie is one of my guilty pleasures. Like, million percent. It's cheesy and it's crappy, but I can watch the Street Fighter adaptation. So, so. Also, no
0: children. Yes. True. Speaking of no children, do your plot synopsis.
1: So, we follow characters set in Granite City. Which would tell you everything you need to know about the aesthetic of this movie. <laughs> uh, anytime, anytime your, sit, anytime your location is named Blank City, it's never a good sign. <laughs> I mean, Edge City and The Mask, whether that's the movie or the I see you movie or comic, yeah, just not a good thing. So we're in Granite City, which has a couple had a couple of superheroes a few decades ago called nemesis and Samaritan they were twins don't you understand not identical but fraternal
0: <laughs> and they were I adore the fact that you have taken my don't you understand and made it your own thank you
2: <laughs> I really wish the fact that the other brother had been actually played by Frank Stallone but we didn't get that
0: that would have been really cool you know what it also they... would have been funny if they just gotten like another action hero like like a kind of an expendables thing like his brother was Schwarzenegger or something.
1: No, now, it should have been Frank. It's got to be Frank, and Frank has to talk in his Sylvester, in his Sly impression.
0: Okay, perfect. Moving on.
1: Because he does the best Sylvester Stallone impression. He <laughs> really does. Uh, these two superheroes fought to a mutually assur- assured destruction in a power plant, and the city has gone down the tube since then but a an underground group of people is looking for Samaritan. They believe that Samaritan, the hero, still exists out there. And there's something of these clues in the background that we never actually get to see tracked down or followed on. We're following a kid as he is indul- as he is tempted towards a life of crime by not Steve Dorf.
0: <laughs> I had to look two or three times to make sure that wasn't Kiefer Sutherland from from, you know, In a DeLorean.
2: I thought it was Steven Dorff like with a bad dye job or whatever and turning back the time machine a little bit and looking pretty good.
0: Maybe uh, there's somebody maybe there's like somebody out there who's just like genetically making actors but he's taking different DNA <laughs> and and this one was the DNA of both Keith Sutherland and Steven Dorff.
1: What explains how we got Skeet Ulrich at
0: one point? That's that was true.
1: I think he, we're onto he something here. He is blue light special Johnny Depp.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh you my god. Tell me between, I'm wrong. No, between Skeet Ulrich Freaking Johnny Depp and Greco from um, 21 Jump Street. Hell Richard that. Rico? That's the one. <laughs> all all genetically the same guy.
1: More or less. So, uh, who is? Th- what's the name of the actor who plays our villain in this, since you had to look it up, Mark? Uh,
0: okay. Right, look um, it up for me, because it's going to no, bug me. Pi- no. pi- I, I, right. Right. Pilou as Yeah, Pilou, as, yeah as Cyrus or Nemesis okay. 2.
1: Okay, I, yeah, he, he was familiar enough, but I couldn't remember his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so our our young, mostly protagonist is tempted to follow a life of crime as he is indoctrinated into gang life, partially by, uh, again, our primary antagonist here, not Stephen Dorf. I will alternate between calling him not Stephen Dorf and not uh, Kiefer Sutherland, just for the sake of amusement. Who is... Uh, very much pro-Nemesis, they try to frame the conflict between Samaritan and Nemesis as a conflict between freedom and authoritarianism, and it, eh, bad writing. But along the way, our child protagonist runs across Sylvester Stallone, who lives across the street from him. And Sylvester Stallone saves him from being stabbed by gang members, and in the process kind of reveals himself to be superpowered. So the kid goes, Well, you're a Samaritan. And Sylvester Stallone says, No, I'm not. Samaritan's dead. Stop following me. You bother me. <laughs> and the kid, being a kid in these kinds of movies, is undeterred in the face of this <laughs> and continues to pester him about what it was like, who he is. Why don't you help more people? Why do you waste time fixing up old junk?
0: Dogged determinism of a child obsessed with a superhero. <laughs>
1: So gender that is swapped his Kam- whole character. So gender not swapped now, son. I'd love to talk to you, but I got a really big show I gotta head out for. <laughs> so gender swapped Kamala Khan continues to stalk Samaritan.
0: <laughs> oh, that's gonna get us in trouble on Twitter.
1: <laughs> if at any point I care, I'll let you know. Yes, sir. That uh, the long and the short of this is our antagonist, not Kiefer Sutherland, founds Antifa and starts riots. <laughs> Tell me that wasn't what you
0: thought that first time. I'm, I'm out the laughing as mask. hard as I am because it's like, this really does seem like a bunch of just angry white men just all kind of sitting around a table. Like what are we mad about? What are we mad about this shit over here? Good. We'll use that in the movie. What are we, what else are we angry about? And like, that's and not a criticism. I adore this movie because of it.
1: So not Kiefer Sutherland has also found, has also tracked down the mighty hammer of steel. Uh, Cyborg Superman, played by Shaquille O'Neal, who we talked about. The, the, the sledgehammer. <laughs> that is magical. Uh, he's got that, and that is his weapon of choice, and he takes on the nemesis name and ideology because we're all nemesis. How much
0: and you he want starts bet, inciting the, violence. Bet, during the script writing process, they were like, what do those Marvel guys have for weapons? Well, One's got a shield. Well, that's dumb. I'm not you doing that. One's got a suit of armor. That's too that we can't do that. That's a, too much of a rip. How off. much, how
2: much do you want to bet it's because Antifa is a bunch of commies
0: and they, they couldn't use a sickle. So they used a hammer. <laughs> That's I bet <laughs> that came up, but I, I I bet they totally were like, what about the one that Chris Hemsworth plays? Yeah. The, 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 God guy, he has a hammer. That's fun. We can beat people with a hammer. That's fine. Uh, and as the
1: city begins to devolve and fall t- closer and closer to chaos, uh, Again, Sylvester Stallone and this kid become a little bit closer. They form a bit of a friendship, but this all somewhat predictably goes badly as not Sutherland abducts the family and tries to lure out. Once he realizes that Sylvester Stallone is believed to be Samaritan, he draws him into a final conflict. They fight once again at the power plant in question. Sylvester Stallone reveals that, no, I'm not Samaritan. I was Nemesis. It was me all along. I'm not your good guy. I'm the bad guy! He then proceeds to violently murder a bunch of people, like <laughs> you do. Because it's the 90s. Because uh, he's the bad guy. He is the bad, the bad guy. guy. He pulls a toothpick stupid. out of his mouth and everything.
0: Uh, High he five he, ki-
1: he murders a bunch of people, including not, uh, again, not Stephen Dorff, and... <laughs> I was
2: hoping you'd go back to Dorf because you were getting something heavy.
1: Oh, well, look, he takes the, he takes the wannabe look, but look. Part of Stephen Dorf's thing was if you couldn't get Dolph Lundgren, you got Stephen Dorf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now he gets to throw not Drago down the, to the fiery pits of hell <laughs> in, <laughs> and claim vengeance really for Apollo. <laughs> Finally, claiming vengeance for <laughs> Apollo Creed. <laughs> On the mean streets of Granite City rather than the frozen tundras of Siberia.
0: We're so close. You keep Come on, you're almost there. Finish,
1: he saves finish. The ki- almost he saved there. The ki- he saves the kid from the burning building. He heads back off and the kid says, no, that was totally Samaritan to inspire hope in the future and <laughs> some such nonsense. And it finally stops raining because, again, this is how these movies go.
0: Because that's how The Crow ended. All right, Pat, how much did you love this movie?
1: Uh, on a
2: scale of 1 to 10, I give it a solid 8.5. Uh, I thought it was so much fun Uh, as someone Mm -hmm. who, like we talked about at the beginning, grew up on these types of movies to the point where they really became self-parodies in a lot of ways, which this one doesn't necessarily shy away from. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't completely embrace it, which seems to be a little bit more of the issue Mark had, where he would have really liked them to go fully in one way or fully in the other way. Not necessarily, ah, we're going to go a little bit here, a little bit here, and not really make its mind totally up about it.
0: I, I almost needed it to be kind of like the action movie equivalent of Scream. Like I needed this to be a bit more meta, you know, a bit more eh. self-aware than it was.
2: I'm, I'm okay with it not being it only because mm-hmm. that's never been Sly's strength. When he does try to enter the world of parody and stuff that's, like that,
0: f- that's fair. But I think this movie called for it, and then then maybe didn't need. Like I think Stallone producing it would have been okay, and maybe he could, maybe he could have been Nemesis, or, or he could have been what is portrayed to be Nemesis in the beginning. And that's his whole role, but the star is somebody else. See, I think the only I, problem with that
2: is this is a movie made for guys like us. Let's sure. let's call it what it is. Mm-hmm, and sure. it, in that same vein, it's who would we buy in that role? Like if they put Jared Leto in that role, we're going to shit on this
0: thing no matter what sure. way it
2: goes or how brilliant yeah, his performance
0: is. Nobody watches it then. I I don't know. I don't know who's out there that would have. John like, Bernthal was the
2: only guy I could think of who would have been like a suitable yeah. like kind of guy for this. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's up there. But
2: even then, it's someone who has to seem at least somewhat superhuman. <laughs> and mm-hmm. even at seventy years old, <laughs> Sly still seems more superhuman than most guys at thirty. Oh, what's Girl. his face
0: that plays um, butcher from the Boys? I think might have actually Carl Urban. Yeah, Carl Urban.
2: He could have done it. Yeah, maybe, um, mm-hmm. maybe I wouldn't. But, uh, but here's here's the thing: you hear the name, the the lead name, if you're from the ages of like, say, like. Thirty to to however old you are, mm-hmm. if you hear Sly Stallone as the lead of an action movie, you're much more inclined to pay it mind than you would Carl Irvin. No,
0: no doubt. I'm really not arguing that point. My yeah. whole thing was I wish that this had been more meta. And your your counter is that's not really Sly Stick. Okay, I think I just maybe needed a different movie. Like, but I'm gonna let you continue your craft review.
2: Yeah, I, I think ultimately, like, it's, if if you went that way, you have to replace Sly. And I don't know how much release this gets in comparison to that, or how yeah. successful it is, because it's the number one streaming movie on Prime, which mm-hmm. you know gets gets some credit for that. Um, <laughs> take not, that,
0: Twitter.
1: Eh, it's a, look, it's not nothing. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but, assuming, but assuming Prime is being, assuming Amazon is being accurate with the uh, the, the, the data at hand is Just accurate, then it's still not, nothing.
0: Okay, but let's not get too excited and you know and take off our pants and show each other our erect penises. Cinderella was also the number one streaming movie when it came. Out. Right. However,
2: based on last week's uh, box office receipts, I still think it would have been number one there too.
0: (laughs) Well, it probably would (laughs) have. Yeah, if it gets released in at the ass end of August or the beginning of September, it had a very good shot. We'll talk about that in a minute.
2: So, so, but but you know the thing is it it hit those tropes that we saw in these movies Mm -hmm. from years ago, like the kid who's ever persistent and believes in the the greater good, usually symbolized by the titular hero, in this case, Samaritan. It had the downtrodden public, each of which goes one way or the other. You're either criminal or somebody who's just oppressed and dealing with very difficult circumstances. Uh, the the constant uh, – not sepia tones because that's just – that, but the constant gray sky, rain and fire.
1: A lot of grayscale. If, it, if yeah. you're not looking at orange fire, you're looking at gray. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> the ever-depressing cityscape as it was. Um
1: the the, the redemption story. I was gonna say, you know what,
0: it kind of reminded me of like a really crap version of Sin City, and just like you know in it, it, like, in
1: terms of setting, yes,
0: yeah, it's more. Yeah, I was gonna say because it's more coherent than it's storytelling than Sin City. Well, yeah, um, no, no, no. I'm not comparing necessarily narratively to Sin City. I'm saying in aesthetic.
2: Yeah, um, which again, Sin City is kind of an exception to a lot of rules in the respect of how it was filmed. Um yeah. but
0: but definitely. Well, throwing... I think that's what I was getting at. Like this almost feels like this should have been a black and white comic. Yeah. You know,
2: probably could have, um, but this this in tone and visual, it felt along the lines of like the, the Schumacher Batman, the crow,
0: mm-hmm.
2: those types of things. Um, more so Batman Forever than Batman and Robin. Yeah. Um, yes. But, you know, a, a lot of the, the evil street gang that runs the city and runs all the illegal trade, the, the crazy looking, you know, leader of said gang who's right. charismatic yeah. and
1: everyone knows with one name. He's got the crazy eyes and the eyebrow piercing and the frosted tips
0: and the side shaved head. If it was twenty years ago. He'd have had a mohawk, like a spiky mohawk or something, and they'd all had leather jackets. And he been Wesley Snipes, and... and literally the same gang in every movie. They just change with whatever the fashion is at the time. Yeah,
2: that's you know, or what they assume the fashion will be at that time if it's set right. in
0: the future. Yeah, um, everyone looks and... like fucking Back to the Future Two people. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> um, But here's the thing, I think for the role they crafted for Sly, he's the right guy for it to give Mm -hmm. it enough gravity where even if everything around going on is somewhat ridiculous, he's at least believable in what he's doing because of how he's carrying himself through it with the gruff, short tone, Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, to get him to an actual level of anger takes a lot. And when it finally happens, it means a little more than it would normally than somebody who's Mm -hmm. constantly yelling or, you know, commanding or whatever. There were the little superhero tropes in there, where you find out all uh, his weaknesses. If he overexerts himself, or if he faces grave bodily injury, he has to find a source of cooling to cool himself right. down, or his heart will explode.
0: Can I quick jump on that point because I was thinking yeah. about Black—I was thinking about Black Widow and how they dropped Scarlett Johansson from um, the moon, and she landed on her head, got up. Yeah, landed orbit. on her head. Uh, yeah, landed on her head. Every step of the way down, got up and brushed herself off. And we talked about that when we reviewed the movie, about how stupid it was and how it like is. it's unbelievable. these. And I don't mean to tweak your nipples here, Pat, but like with these Marvel movies, these people take an unending amount of damage. They deal out an unending amount of damage and narrow your scratch on people. Or you have the polar opposite of man of steel, where they wrecked an entire city in a fist fight. It was nice to see restraint. And yep. I-, I talked a little bit about this with the gray man, where it was nice to see an action movie where they're not either wrecking the city or, Able to absorb so much damage to make the whole thing completely tensionless. Like he can, he that was he, go ahead.
2: And that was the thing where there is, there are stakes, there is a way for him to be hurt, there is a way for him to die. And he right. faces that danger and they set it up and frame it for you. Where where's his big climatic fight? It's inside a burning building.
0: Well, when he when he when the thing I wanted to draw attention to is when he takes on the, the ruffians to save the kid the first time, he just kind of tosses them around a bit. He isn't, th- he isn't like lawn darning like Rey Mysterio. You know, got guys left and right, and they're you know, and despite the fact they would have broken craniums and necks, they just get up and like brush themselves off, and go, like, oh, he's he's mean, and run away. Like, they got sufficiently beat up, but he's obviously holding back, and I like the fact they went out of their way to do that.
2: Right, and I, I compared it to uh, uh, the Wolverine, where mm-hmm. essentially they frame the narrative where nothing can kill him, he can't die, there are no stakes. Right. Nobody cares. Why should I care then? He's going to do whatever. They're not going to be able to kill him. Let's move on. Right. Whereas this, they could put the fear. In. And honestly, because it's not a franchise per se, mm-hmm. there is the thing, and because Stallone's older and there's a condition, will they kill him off? Is right. that how this ends? And I think that was framed better than a lot of these movies where the stakes were actually you know on the table and not, well, they're not going to kill this character. We're going to move on and see another one. We know that they've got eight movies featuring him in development and so on. Mm-hmm um and i think that was better i think that worked to this this advan- this film's advantage um i think going with a lot of unknowns aside from sly helped um mm-hmm. because there weren't expectations set around certain characters and how they were going to yeah. be framed yeah i know that uh javon want walker is on uh, euphoria in a recurring capacity i don't watch euphoria this movie is not really for the audience that watches euphoria
0: Mm-hmm. Not uh, even aware
2: the, of what euphoria is. So, <laughs> to, to the best of my understanding, um, so I wasn't really familiar with him And while the entire idea of the kid is the annoying kid in all these movies, I actually think he did a fairly good job, especially in comparison to watching some of those older ones.
0: Yeah, I was going to say compare. You know, <clears throat> on the scale of Jake Lloyd to the kid from The Sixth Sense, I would give him about a six or a seven. He, he, I, th- I thought he carried his role well. He's doing the best job he can with the material he was given.
2: And that's the other point. I, you know, it's not as though I think he's bad. I think there are certain parts he's just painted into a corner with the writing yeah, and has to right. do what they direct him to do. Yeah. And I think he did as well as he could with that. I think Cyrus was actually pitch perfect in how he played the part. Mm-hmm. It looks like he channeled all of the best qualities of characters like Top Hat uh, from The Crow and, um, oh, God, uh, what's his name from Darkman? Uh, Durant. Um mm-hmm. And he channeled all these characters, and I think he took the best elements of them and put them together without ever coming off as goofy or silly or ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I thought he worked well in that <clears> vein. <throat> um, I liked Moises Arias, who a lot of people know as Little Rico from Hannah Montana, uh, showing up looking like Gary Oldman from True Romance. I thought that was a very <laughs> fun visual. Um And and seeing the way they operate, where this kid, you know, made them look bad to the gang leader. Well, guess what? This is what we do in retaliation, and it doesn't work out the first time. We don't just give up. We're going to get you, because that's how shit really goes.
0: Dasha Polanco, who was on um, almost every season, I think, of Orange is the New Black, I thought she was fine as, you know, the every mother in every one of these movies, single, poor, just trying to hold shit together, you know. Well, at least, look,
1: I'll give her credit in this one, and this is due to both the performance and the writing. She's never grating. Yeah, uh, which a lot, which some of these other, you know, the, the uh-huh. single mom who's trying to corral the obnoxious kid. Some of them were. Be- I don't know if again this could be direction, this could be writing, but some of them were very grating.
0: Sure. Yeah, I, th- I thought Dasha Polanco did her part well, and her part was written well.
1: Yeah. I also I don't
2: know if this is something he's actually doing, or maybe because he has more time now since he's divorced or divorcing. I know he used to paint, but. This movie gave me a lot of flashbacks to Grudge Match, where Mm -hmm. he was working in a scrapyard and would find these pieces and reshape them into some kind of art. And then this one, he's finding old transistor radios and stuff and restoring them. I don't know if that's something he actually does in real life or if he wants to be real heavy on the metaphor and be like, look, my career was broken. And look, now it's brand new. I'm back. I'm in the lead here. I'm doing this. Suck it. (laughs) But I like that aspect because, yeah, I'm always going to be a fan of Stallone movies being released in theaters and him being the lead and him finding ways to hurt people, even if he's wheelchair bound or what have you. Um, But but I think it never takes itself too seriously for me. Yeah. yeah. It understands what it is and what it's supposed to be. It doesn't (laughs) get too big for its britches in that regard. It goes against a lot of what the Marvel films are doing over the past 10 years, which I'm all for because I think those all suck. <laughs> uh i th- yeah um, i think they're all trash and you know this is somebody who grew up on marvel comics and loved them to you know forever and would never ever hate marvel movies no these all suck this is even though it's formulaic in the sense it's formulaic for stuff we haven't seen for 20 years yeah and is a little bit of a breath of fresh air in that respect because it's been a while maybe it's, it's time a, to revisit one a, or two of these every so it's long.
0: a throwback but it you know it has the luxury of existing in the in the time of streaming to where you can put a throwback out there it'll find its audience and it's okay because you need an infinite, as Robert and I have talked about just as much as last week as any other time, you need content. And you, and yes, there's gonna be some general content out there that gets wide audience stuff, but there's also going to be a lot of niche content out there. This fits nicely in the niche content area.
2: And, let, and let's be honest, like a lot of the when, when those films were really petering out, like I said, around mm-hmm. like 97, 98, give or take. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of at a point in time where I think we had just gotten Spawn
1: mm-hmm.
2: and we had just gotten Blade. Which, is, which
1: Spawn is also in that in the same vein, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And we, we just got Blade after that, which was Marvel's first cinematic success and yeah. kind of started, you know, once Marvel got, oh, oh, look, we're not financially destitute anymore and we had something <laughs> successful. We don't have to
1: sell off of, our the we don't have to sell off the rights to all of our adaptations left, right, and center. Yeah, and it was
2: a case of where it was like, okay, well, we can do a different kind of movie now because Blade, mm-hmm. even though it was dark, was a very different movie. It was a supernatural movie. There was a lot of blood, a lot of violence, more so than we were
1: used to seeing, even in the darker movies like Spawn. And then, then, then Guillermo del Toro got to direct Blade too, and went way over the top in all the best ways.
2: Right. <laughs> but in the interim from there, too, we got to see some different takes on it. We got to see the first Spider-Man movie from Sony yeah. where it was very, you know, light and airy. And even the Hulk was largely, you know, in bright, you know, shiny areas for a lot of that movie.
0: Well, and Yeah, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but that that is such a weird movie in terms of, like, it's a thing release. yeah it's a, you know it was this weird ode to like comic books in in a, we, in the most overt and like putting way possible. That yeah. movie
1: needs to be a reminder to everyone that you have to be very careful when you hire very artistic directors to direct yeah. what's supposed to be your big budget wide release because Ang Lee's a very interesting filmmaker about 70% of the time. Right. Uh, he's correct some very very good things. But could you imagine what Eternals would have learned? think they like. would have learned? Like all you had to do, like, hey, we're going to hire Chloe Zhao to direct. The Fuck! Eternals. You beat me to it, man. <laughs> get, get whoever thought that was a good idea in a room. Make them watch Ang Lee's Hulk and go, okay, do you
0: really think but, that now? No, no, no. But here, but here's where I was going with that because I actually think Chloe Zhao was it was very restrained in making the Eternals because they did tell her see see what Ang Lee did with the Hulk. It don't do that. We love you for Nomadland. Don't fucking but, make Nomadland. B- b-
2: before but, we go off on but, that. Hang on. Hang that on. It it Imagine
0: rare. they don't have that conversation with Chloe's out. And they're just like, here's, a, here's the Eternals book. Read it. Make a movie. And she we still just get a knows, shitty movie regardless. Well, you get this weirdo fucking not a superhero movie Nomadland thing. Okay. no, no, no look, look,
1: Marvel, here's what you needed to do. And you won't do this. Yeah, We really but, needed the Werner Herzog experience as a Marvel movie. <laughs> I needed it. Like, it's never going to happen, but come on. All right, before we go completely yeah, off Yeah, no, no, please go back to your thing, Pat. Yeah. So
2: they had success changing the tone. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they shifted back in tonality with Daredevil. Again, very dark, very, yep. you know, rainy. And it wasn't the success that the other ones were. And that was pretty much the nail in the coffin for those types of movies for a little right. while. Mm. Um, until we got, you know... DC getting back into the genre with Batman and you can't really do Batman any other way, but dark. And then they thought, well, that worked. Let's do Superman. And that we saw how that worked or didn't. Yeah. And varying uh, degrees. Th- so because this one isn't restrained by so much interference or, right. you know, thought process for this, I thought it was allowed much more to find an identity in that range. And it did so by delving, like Mark said, into a throwback type of picture style that people haven't seen in a while Some of those movies, even though we saw them as kids and we liked them when we were five or six years old just because it was, you know, action and, ah, great, yeah, awesome. And then we saw them when we were, you know, 15 again on HBO or whatever and we're like, this was trash. What were we thinking about? Yeah. But there's the nostalgia factor kicking where there are parts of that that we can take away from that and be like, that part of that movie was kind of cool. I enjoyed that, if nothing else. We got kind of a whole movie of those parts of those movies together. Yeah. And that's what this was supposed to be. It was never supposed to rival Captain America or the Avengers or Super, whatever. It was a self-contained type of movie in this genre without the restraint of those things or expectations of those things. And with a bankable star to
0: this mark. So this is our third streaming movie in a row. And I really feel like every single one of these movies fit into a category of the kinds of movies we do on DMU Hollywood. There was Predator, there was Prey, which was the newest Predator movie. And part of a big franchise, we could not not talk about it. It's something we wanted to talk about. But even if we didn't, it's not one of those we're going to pass by. It's a Predator. You can't movie. cancel one of those September
2: shit shows for, for Prey?
0: Shut up. We talked about it already. <laughs> we did it, is my point. But we talked about, it made the list because it's a franchise movie. We talk about all the franchise movies. Next Next one. We talked about The Gray Man. And it was, it was, there was a conversation surrounding it. It was a big Netflix movie, $200 million budget, Russo Brothers, all of that stuff. Um, it's not something I necessarily even wanted to see, but I felt like we, we needed to do it because I wanted to be part of the conversation. And then there's the third kind of movie that we do, where I don't know if I even, it's not that even that I want, <clears throat> want to talk about it or hadn't had that much of an urge to see it. I just knew my friends were all going to love it. And this is something my friends want would want to talk about. Like, so it's going on the schedule for you guys. Because here's the thing. Like So
2: explain next month. <laughs> we are still neck. we <laughs> are still
1: beholden to the studio schedule t- to a thank very you. large oh, for degree. Christ's sake, Pat.
0: My point is like this is and this is why Who's I don't have first? I don't first? I don't have a lot to offer to the craft review because it's one of those things where like I would have watched it, I might have even watched it with my son and then not thought about it. It's this is a wonderfully disposable action movie. This isn't... We're kind of having a remember-the-good-old-days conversation, and yes, there was a lot of craft things that you did bring well, up.
1: for crying out loud, how could I... For I don't know why how none of us mentioned this, but speaking of the kind of, like, quasi-action movies that deal with the sort of downtrodden, grimy uh, action hero getting redeemed by a kid, how did none of us mention Over the
0: Top? <laughs> like, we, we all need to turn in our cards. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's literally right there you know what's what the, what the irony of the that up. is in preparation for this i re-released our our commentary track for over the top do guys, so it's, do you
2: guys think that that's unintentional the backwards hat is unintentional
0: <laughs> like. should have put that in your name instead of samaritan too so i just wanted to say this i don't have this our is not a movie that the kids future <laughs> it's the best um i don't have a lot to add and i'm just going to pitch it over to robert i just needed to kind of segue into this I don't have a lot to add to the craft review. I interacted with you a lot, Pat. I kind of got out what I needed to say in just that interaction. This is more of a remember the good old days uh, of our action movies of yore that this is sort of an ode to. Um, But beyond that, we're here talking about it because I knew this would be something that my friends would want to talk about. It doesn't lend itself to the kind of this is my only point. It really doesn't lend itself further to the kind of long-form film craft discussion that we're used to doing here. It's a fine movie. We covered most of it. So for what we didn't cover, Robert Winfrey.
1: Uh, there's a few things here. I there was another movie that came out I think over the last couple of weeks that uh, I haven't seen yet, but I believe it stars Jamie Fox. It's on Netflix. And oh my God! Everyone's been telling me. me to
0: watch that. Day Night shift. shift, I think. Yeah, day shift. Sorry, day shift. Here's my problem with that. That movie is also a a wannabe
1: throwback to 90s-style action cinema. Okay, I was wondering where you were going with this. Here's the problem with that movie, and it's not so much the problem with this one, but I'm going to speak to... The 90s were a very unique time, again, a very dark time. A lot of bad stuff came out of the 90s. Grunge music, I'm looking squarely at you, by the way. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that came out that's just been a blight on culture. There's There was some good stuff, though. And the problem with a movie like Day Shift and a movie like this is if it was made in the 90s, there's a bunch of little things that would be do- that would have been done different that would have made all the difference in the world. Yeah. In the, ca- in the case of this one in particular, our entire final fight is so obviously green screened, it's painful. If you made this in the 90s, there would have been fire. And there would have been some weight to what was going on in the background to complement the weight of what's going on in the foreground, because Stallone and his stunt double uh, do an admirable job of lending a little bit of physicality and gravitas to that fight. It's still not great. The choreography in places is a little bit iffy, but it's a our entire current understanding of fight choreography basically comes into being in the year like 2003. Yeah, yeah. If you look at this movie's fight choreography is very much inspired by 90s fight choreography. And if you watch 90s fight choreography, unless you're looking at very specific martial arts stars, you know, Chuck Norris's stuff had a very distinctive feel. For better or for worse, Steven Seagal's did. But if you're looking at the more generic stuff, you know, even Van Damme's stuff. I mean, I know he got I know he's a legitimate martial artist, but watch his stuff. It's all very samey.
2: Watch the Uh, quest.
1: Which I have, and I actually enjoy, at least the first half. Yeah,
2: up until the fighting.
1: As an adventure movie, the quest is legitimately good. Once they have to actually fight, it's like, hey, there's all these different styles, and you get some talented people, but they're jobbing out to untalented actors because that's what we need. We need need Jean-Claude Van Damme to fight the big Mongolian guy. And, you know, Van Damme's fights, are, Van Dam's fights are all very much Van Damme's fights. There's not a tremendous amount of variability there. No, this is, this is Arnold fight choreography. Yeah. Th- yeah. This is Arnold. Uh, this is you know, Stallone when he's not doing Rocky. Bruce Willis. Willis. Oh yeah. Um, depending on the movie, Mel Gibson, because depending on the movie, like time when, when the fight choreography called for Mel Gibson to put in effort, he would do it. Like, the reason, uh, fact, fun fact, that entire final fight in Lethal Weapon, like, the reason that looks so good is because of who was largely the fight choreographer for it. It was partially choreogra- choreographed by the Gracies. That's why it ends with a triangle
0: choke. I apologize if this is going against what you were talking about, but I kind of like the fight choreography in this movie, if only because it's so simplified versus where we've come to with, like, gunfu and, you know, some sort of the very over-stylized fighting or the pseudo realistic kind of fight choreography that we get nowadays. It was kind of nice to kind of go back to pushing and shoving.
1: Yeah. The point I was making was this, that's the kind of fight choreography this is. And Mm. that has merit. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with that when you know how to use it like anything else, it's a tool and it works here. And, you know, uh, the acting is all again, everyone kind of nails the role they're supposed to do. Uh, The other thing missing from this, and again, this is my problem uh, relative to day shift. If that movie's made in the 90s, one, less CGI, two, a lot more blood, three, boobs.
0: (laughs) Mm, Boobs. Like,
1: we were all there. We were all a part of the 90s. Like, (laughs) that's what you got in those kind of movies.
0: Yeah, Yeah,
2: there's either either a consensual love scene between the lead and and the the Mary Sue, or there's a rape scene between the bad guy and the Mary Sue. It's one or the other.
1: Or, or you shoot up a strip club, right? And hey, strip clubs more like eighties, I think. Yeah, that's true. Like, like that's more like very early nineties. In the
0: nineties, it, it was more raves. That, that's when they got, they went heavy on shooting yeah, up. A
1: yeah, yeah. You, you would have, yeah, would have some kind of underground party where everyone's But here's topless the thing: you could have
0: done street. boobs still because there's always a half-naked chick or a chick with like you know ma- uh, black tape on her boobs dancing in a cage somewhere.
1: Yeah. In City.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Apparently not. We'll go for every vice except the oldest. <laughs> so again, there's just, there's little touches. Like it, for those of you who might wonder, like, wait, people are nostalgic for that kind of stuff. I don't have a tremendous amount of nostalgia for it, but understanding, understanding products of their time, like a lot of these movies were, you have to understand the elements that went into them that made them good for their time. What made them stand out. It's one of the reasons, you know, same vein, and because we're talking about a movie on Amazon Prime, I feel okay dovetailing into this very briefly, guys. That Roadhouse remake is gonna suck.
0: Oh yeah, It's not gonna be terrible. Like, because because no because here's the thing, <clears throat> people are looking at Top Gun Maverick and already not understanding why that, that made over a billion dollars. Yeah, missing the point entirely. If you're if you're paying any kind of attention to like the social media dialogue behind Maverick, no one who makes decisions understands why that movie is good and just took the wrong lesson, which was, oh, go back to that era of movies. Guys like those movies, just remake those movies. No, no. you have, it, It's not its not that you remade the movie we liked. It's what you did with it that people gravitated to. And what they're going to do with Roadhouse is, and I hate to be this guy well, on this podcast. It doesn't really matter. No, but those, this li- guy. <laughs> those listening to this, bear with me here because you're not going to like the way I say this, but I, I'm using short form language here. They're going to woke it up. They are they're going to Twitter this thing up. It's gonna be full of the message, and you're gonna miss the point of entirely of Roadhouse. And it's gonna bomb. And here's gonna go here's it's gonna go death straight death. to streaming. Like but even there's on no this, way that releases. On even on streaming though, like it's it it's Okay, so it'll probably be well watched, which is all anyone cares about, but it's going to be like zero audience reaction. I, zero, you know what? Audience I'm gonna, appreciation for it. I'm going to go out
1: on a limb and say it's actually not going to be that well watched. Like, it'll do fine, but like, if you get down into the nitty gritty, like, look, mm-hmm. they'll crow about it being on some like scale. It did well yeah. when we put enough It was the most watched
0: it. movie of that weekend, but everyone, but it was like Labor Day and everyone was cooking. Pat, you're like, like, you like dying to say something here. Get in I there. I
2: feel like this is going to, that movie is going to be the inverse of this, yeah. where. The audience reaction is extremely positive. The critical reaction is mixed to negative, whereas right. that will have extremely positive critical reaction, and the audience is just going to shit all over it. And and it's a shame because I think Jillen Hall is actually a very well cast guy for that role because, you know, people look at Rhodes, oh, it's a man's man action movie. Yeah, Swayze was in Dirty
1: Dancing two years before that. Yeah, this, this right. was his first. Yeah, they tell the story about that. Like, this hang on, can we, can we talk about that, that for a second?
0: Because because it almost sounds like, and I don't think you are, but because somebody else who doesn't know you as well as I do might think you're like saying "Dirty Dancing" is a pussy movie. Um, it is. It's no, it's not. It is so <laughs> it is not. It is. No, oh, it's yes, not. it is. Fuck you. It's not. Dirty Dancing. Are you crazy? That is the biggest bitch movie. Oh my movie maybe god, ever, dude. It is, right,
1: okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not the biggest bitch movie
0: ever. Top ten, easily. Number Whoa. one, no. Nobody puts baby in her corner. They're like, you know, yeah, what like, a gay he's line. Sneak, he's sneaking her down to like fucking, you know, grindy dancing in the basement of this hoity-toity club. By the What's by the again? way, how how
1: far how far away are we, do
0: you think, from a dirty dancing remake? Not far enough. <laughs> and they've done one. I think it's like a lat. Hang on, I'm gonna look Down it up. I think sequel, they've done like a, there's, a, there's
1: a. I know there's a sequel. There's the sequel. It's like Latin yeah. Night or Havana Night. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say, like, they, they've done other versions of Dirty Dancing. No, and but, it but
2: again, here's the thing, okay? He was in that pussy movie in 1987. Roadhouse comes out in
0: 1989. <laughs> okay. okay. Jimmy Hall. Hang on. Hall, hey, okay, hang it's on. Not... Dirty Dancing Havana Nights was a 2004 prequel.
1: You're <laughs> oh, right, whatever. A,
0: hang on, this is even better. And there was a made for TV remake in 2017.
1: I refuse to... Look, if it's made for TV, does it actually get doesn't made?
2: It doesn't
0: count. No, yeah. it doesn't count.
2: But but again, he, he made that pussy movie in 1987 and then does an ultimate action all-timer in 1989. I know that Gyllenhaal is not the somebody that people think of immediately as an ass-kicker, but one, watch Southpaw. He's very good in that and a believable ass-kicker in it. Two... He is very much in the vein of a cute boy leading man type guy like Swayze is who can become a believable ass kicker with the right choreography and the right story behind it and the right guy training him for physique purposes.
0: I have cut so many shows this year, and I cut more shows that were planned for the future. Not enough. But but (laughs) shut up. But. I will put Dirty Dancing on the schedule just for on trial it with you. We need to have a further I'm not discussion about that. This. Movie again. I don't need you to watch it. You can. I'm pretty sure you can do the same argument in long form at a later. I,
2: date. I do not want to talk about Dirty Dancing any more than we already have tonight. Let's move on. Oh, he I, dances. oh she had an abortion. Oh, her family's conservative.
1: Oh, her name's Baby. Hey, be nice all, to Jerry Orbach.
0: All, uh, all hate mail. To Sean Garmer, I guess, because that's not on Twitter. <laughs> All right, finish up. We're, we're almost at If you hour. like dirty dancing,
2: that's great if you have a vagina or like boys.
1: <laughs> and
2: Mark's not idea. trying to
1: figure out which cat which of those camps he falls into. <laughs> uh yeah, look, my, my gripe about the Roadhouse remake is, one, I don't think they're going to write it properly. You
0: can't... We're you still can't, talking about Roadhouse. Hang like, on, you give, me up fu- with some give me
1: two minutes. Okay. Uh, again, they're going to write it poorly. Gyllenhaal, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with him as an action guy. Like It's not that he can't do it, but I struggle with him as the lead. Like My, my rule with Jake Gyllenhaal is the following. It's not that he's a bad actor. He's a very good actor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But... <sighs> If Jake Gyllenhaal is your lead, that's kind of a red flag, because he's almost never the guy you want in your leading role. His films where he's the lead traditionally do not gross a lot, to be I, fair. Yeah, like like that's my problem with it. again. It's an indicator. It's not that it's not that he's bad, but it it, it speaks to something else about the overall overall zeitgeist <laughs> of the film. And they've hired Conor McGregor to do something in it, so God to be Terry all. Funk. He's also a lefty. Yeah, but Terry actually had power when he punched. <laughs> now that I've annoyed the few MMA people who I <laughs> watch. Um hey, look, the cult of Connor's come after me before, they're welcome to try again. Uh yeah, I'm yeah, I am torn on that because I don't think this is the last thing I'm going to say about Samaritan because it, Commandos it's gay. also a very game movie, Mark, just so you know, I'm not a huge fan of it. You just hate it because Alyssa Milano's in it.
2: That doesn't help it, but also a dude dressed clad in leather as the bad guy. No
1: good. Come on, that chainmail tank top?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I lit was so some, gay, but I couldn't tell
1: anyone. Let <laughs> off some steam, Bennett. <laughs> uh, I'm very curious to see what Amazon does with MGM, now that they have it. Because we've seen studios like Netflix when they when they do their own productions, and they don't care. Nope. They, they, they name only. Get a name. Get prefer at least one. And here's a giant budget. And then when you and then if you're unfortunate, if you don't have a name, then we micromanage everything. Because that's the other thing Netflix will do. Like if you if you're successful enough, they don't care. If you're not well, we're gonna we're gonna micromanage the crap out of you. <laughs> uh, and Hulu is just kind of like an alternate distribution network for a, for a, already a legitimate studio, so there's not a lot of questions there. I am you know, there's some car cu- making noise outside. I don't know. I
2: don't know what that's
1: about. I'm I am very curious uh, to see Amazon's philosophy about this stuff because they're. This one they kind of seem to just again they it was already mostly in the can but they kind of just let it ride. Like they could have easily recut this. You know, it's been on the sh- it's been on the shelf for again like a couple of years at this point. We it don't could we, have been, and
2: to, to be fair, we don't know how much they cut or didn't cut. Right.
1: That's fair. But that but I'm so I'm curious whether they're going to be very laissez-faire about it or whether they're going to be very controlling if they if amazon prime's original material becomes a bit more is a lot of stuff like more in this vein like stuff that's aware enough of what it is to not be pretentious or to be completely stupid then i it, it it'll wind up with a really interesting kind of position in the market but we're going to have again we kind of going to have to wait and see what the, uh what where that pans out if you're a fan of again kind of still Sylvester Stallone action movies you'll probably enjoy this. There's a lot, there is stuff to be enjoyed and appreciated.
2: I feel like too, though, part of it is, is if you are in the, the market of people who, you know, are sick of the Marvel formula, which let's be honest, there are a good amount of people out there who are tired of what they're doing. It's not just me, you know, they're going to probably gravitate more to something like this than they would normally only because out of spite and, and, you know, Remember, these are the movies in the 90s we were kind of like getting tired of real quick too because they all followed this pattern. A lot of them weren't well made. But the one area this one at least had over those is with a movie like Spawn or the Schumacher Batman movies, they didn't have that well-known source material. The way mm-hmm. this has source material, but it's not super well-known. It was independently published. Uh, it hasn't been republished even though the movie was being re-released. Um, so it's not
1: there's no burden on this like there's no baggage there's right. no there's no weight that it
0: comes in carrying already right There. there's nothing there to that that all these other movies carry all right i think we're good here um i think the three of us like if you're it's one of those things where it's just low effort here it's on almost everybody has amazon we talked last week most people only have one or two streaming services but i think everyone's got amazon hey it's worth that- a watch.
1: Next day shipping. You get you get Amazon. You get Prime Video if you have Amazon Prime, and most people have Prime. So right. If so you get it's the absolutely- time. You get the energy. Watch it. After you're done with that, fire up one championship's debut on Amazon. Watch Demetrius Johnson knock somebody out with a flying knee. And and
2: watch it once every Friday going forward, or, or once a month every Friday night uh, for a while, which is nice.
0: Yes. All right, Plus okay.
2: NFL Thursday Night Football.
0: With that said, here comes the money. All right, well obviously this did not uh have uh this was not in theaters. We just talked all about that.
1: Didn't we say it had l didn't you say last week it had a limited release?
0: Delayed several times. Uh da, 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 da. I... You know, no, it was just released on um, United Artists released on okay. Amazon Studios uh via Prime. Um I'm not even seeing like a budget here for it. So let's move on. I I know
2: that, I know that Last Blood made ninety one million dollars on a fifty
1: million dollar
0: budget perfect boy did that movie got trashed, th- trashed by the critics
1: got trashed by trashed by fans too like nobody liked that we didn't. we thought it was okay home alone meets rambo look man I, I i said this when we talked about that movie i'll say it again here stallone should have let the movie the, the fourth one rambo let mm-hmm. that be the end of Ra- of john rambo's oh story. yeah
0: when he comes home and you see the mailbox that really should have been the end that's of it that's it yeah right. he finally comes reference. home yeah no. exactly you all right well you know. the, the number one movie <laughs> of the weekend, um, which, you know, I I had no interest in this, but like Alexis wanted to talk about it. I think Jason. What wanted a to talk piece about of shit
2: movie this was, man!
0: Oh, hey, you I, saw I, the invitation? I did. Oh, it was garbage, huh?
1: Okay, hey, okay, hang on, Pat. I need I need you to confirm this description of it I heard. Okay. If somebody told Stephanie Meyer to write a version of knives, I'm not not of um hide and go- uh hide and seek. Was the one with uh, Samara yeah. Weaving that we covered. Did you I think it was hide and seek? I was like, wait, I don't think we covered it. I don't know, yeah. I don't know. No, no we seek. did. We told I, I remember talking about it. Um this,
2: this is this is like if if Stephanie Meyer was told, hey, read interview with the vampire for your next script, and she read the back of the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the invitation was the number one movie of the weekend, but that's not saying much. And Natalie uh,
2: Emanuel's a, a mega babe. I love her. my good lord this was torture
0: so bullet train went up a spot from you know despite the fact that it's been out since the beginning of august way to go brad to beast fell from two to three that that thing is bombing hard uh top gun maverick at number four uh dragon ball super which was the number one movie of the previous weekend dropped to number five uh dc league of super pets dropped from five to six three thousand years of longing (laughs) <laughs> which we debated talking about here, and if I had not been away or whatever it was I was doing, might we might have actually covered. Debuted at seven, so I'm kind of glad we didn't. Um, that, look, yeah. it's a
1: it's a it's a prestige style film like that's sure. that's designed to win awards more than win the box office. Yeah,
0: um, wait, breaking and, like like the dance movie? No, 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 no. Um, Minions: The Rise of Gru dropped from seven to eight. Thor: Love and Thunder, which de- which debuts on Disney Plus September eighth. Drop from six to nine where the crawdads sing which is a big money maker now for sony for you know being such a small budget hey, picture. Make,
1: look make a reasonably good film on a reasonable budget and hey profit who'd have
0: thought yeah really um <laughs> collect underpants nope fell from eight to eleven despite the in despite all of that it's still getting a fucking sequel No what
1: mark no one's gonna say no to jordan peele for another four years yeah. At which point, we'll all realize he's just M. Night Shyamalan. Ah, I took the words right out of my mouth. So, Elvis
0: <laughs> has, is the most successful Boz Lerman movie that he's ever made. And that fell from 11 to 12. And that, I think, is just about to be on uh, HBO Max, which is no longer a service. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies fell from 10 to 13. Rogue One got re released in theaters. That debuted at 14. Breaking, not the one you're thinking of, debuted at 15. Sorry, but Orphan- Orphan First Kill dropped from 12 to 16, and I believe that's on Paramount Plus now. Right. Uh, Jurassic World, 16 to 17. Fall, 13, speaking of bombing, uh, 13 to 18. Easter Sunday, 14 to 19. Speaking of bombing, The 15 of tw- bombing. Not, not Black, Black Phone. Not speaking of bombing. Which is on the 15 found to 20. Um, other debuts this weekend were Alienoid, which debuted at 26, The Good Boss at 33, Highway 1 at 47, and Private Desert at 50. All right, here we are at the worldwide Wait, private
2: desert. That sounds erotic. Maybe.
0: Um, top Gun Maverick. It's actually, still making... gr- it's actually a
1: gritty war movie about. This is an erotic. Well, oh, that's about mis- that's the most misleading
2: title since Naked Lunch. So.
1: All right, it, uh, it, top... it, will, it led to the most successful uh, case of false advertising lawsuit since my case against the Never Ending Story. Thank so you uh,
0: lot, Top Gun Maverick is still making money. It was in it was 1.3 last week uh, when we did this. It's now into 1.4. This thing is Good. just unbeatable. Uh, but trying its best.
1: Hey, 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 James Cameron and your Avatar crap, eh? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, trying its best though, and trying to eke its way up to a billion dollars. Jurassic World Dominion at number two yeah. at nine ninety. Doctor Strange fresh. petering out at nine fifty five. Minions, uh, one of the most successful animated films in quite some time, at eight sixty nine. The Batman, 770 at number 5, Thor, 747. Hey, hey, Thor, you couldn't beat the Batman from January, and you got your ass kicked by Minions. Easy, Suck easy. It. it was March, Jurassic not January. World. Whatever. Don't let, don't, no, not whatever. Be accurate. They couldn't beat the Batman from March.
1: Okay, you couldn't beat the Batman from March, and you couldn't beat the Minions. Suck it. And
0: Star-Lord yeah. owns your ass. Yeah, stop giving Taiko a T.D. comic book movies. Watergate Bridge at number seven. Or Fantastic- Oxygen. <laughs> stop wishing for death on people. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. Hey, at- you could adapt and find another way to live. I don't care. Uh, Fantastic Beasts at number eight. Sonic the Hedgehog still not beating Fantastic Beasts at four one. It's not gonna.
1: And I'm just. I'm disappointed in all of you. Yeah. <laughs> that
0: is a weekly thing now. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog at four one. Uncharted at four one. These are all the movies currently be- uh, doing better than Morbius. Um, uh, <laughs> speaking of things I do every week now. Elvis at number 11 with 277. The Bad Guys at number 12 at 245. Lightyear. But still better Lightyear, than Morbius.
1: Lightyear couldn't beat The Bad Guys. Let that sink in.
0: Yeah. Pixar, you are shamed. Too Cool to Kill, 217. What nice is, two, wait, what is, what
1: is Too Cool to Kill?
0: You want to take a stab at this?
2: That sounds fantastic. What a great title. It's a Chinese
0: I, Chinaman movie.
2: Wait, but is it something they're going to remake here and fuck up probably, but it'll be worth seeing once. I hope, and in, in another four to five years. In order to fully realize his dream of being... A com- ah. Oh my god, Pat! <laughs> <laughs> Fine,
0: go, read.
2: In order to fully realize his dream of being a comedian, why accidentally broke into a dangerous scam under the persuasion of the actress Milan, but Y chang'ang didn't know he was already involved in another real and ridiculous plot. That sounds amazing. This is like The Man Who Knew Too Little.
0: Okay, perfect. Moving this on. If um, only they
1: could remake it with... <laughs>
0: All right, Nice View at 15, The Lost City at 16, Bullet Train at 17, and finally Morbius at 18. These are all the movies that are so bad they couldn't beat Morbius. The Black Phone, nope. Be nice, to, hang 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 on, be
1: nice to the Black Phone. Nope, <laughs> well, well. hang on. Nope, nope deserves to be shamed for this, as does DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> Scream,
0: <laughs> Scream Death on the Nile, where the Crawdads sing The Roundup, um, and I'm done with this list now. All right. Um, you
1: don't want to talk about the Hindu movie RRR, which is actually bonkers.
0: All right, we are into September now, where they're re-releasing fucking Spider-Man: No Way Home in September. Um, okay. The other wide release is Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul, which I think is also day and date, if I remember correctly. Um, sure. I I feel like what's the name of the movie? Honk if you love Jesus. Honk for Jesus, save your soul. I, I desperately feel like this got a yes, it is going to be released theatrically and on Peacock September Peacock, 2nd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Peacock, not a real service. Um, Jaws is getting re released. That'll probably win the weekend.
1: <laughs> I hope it hang on. I hope it does. And I've been, if it's actually being re released in a theater around me, I will go see that movie on the big screen. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about taking think my kids it, to that if I have time.
2: I think it's bullshit they didn't release it earlier in the summer.
0: True. All right. Yeah, it was the anniversary of it. Um. All right. September 9th, <clears throat> the wide why, why releases are some sort of crazy Indian movie from Walt Disney Studios. Uh, Medieval, which ha- I've had no press on. I've seen nothing. Hockey Land. <clears throat> uh, the Barbarian, which is probably the biggest thing released that weekend. It's a horror movie. I've actually seen some trailers for it. I got an announcement that, like, tickets were on sale for it, so... I don't know maybe barbarian wins the weekend maybe it ends up being i don't know who knows um the 16th uh there is god's country which i have seen nothing on pearl which is the prequel to x um, and hey this is not in wide release but uh, i'm taking my wife to it i'm gonna take her to see this david bowie documentary The other big wide release of that weekend, the thing that's getting the most press, the thing that's uh, getting a lot of attention, and no one will go see it, and it will bomb terribly, is The Woman King. (sighs) Nobody. Just nobody. Look, everyone out there. I'm just telling you. September 23rd.
1: Right now, everyone's up there spinning up their think pieces about how the patriarchy oppressed The Woman King. Tell me they're yep. not coming. Tell me. Look, for, I'm, not, I'm
2: not. buying Viola how, Davis as a fucking mean ass warrior on a battlefield killing lions
0: and shit. Sorry. Yeah, how, I mean, how society yeah, me kill? How society killed the woman king? Will be the thing. Give me, give me Angela Bassett in that role, and I'm down. Yeah, all right, again, uh,
1: Variety, The Hollywood Reporter—they're all just going to be filled with them.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right, we got a uh, re-release of Avatar. We got the Railway Children. I watch Avatar win that weekend, and then September 30th, oh, probably. The wide release of Smile. I've actually seen press on that. That looks like it's you know going to be something. Bros, I don't know anything about. I know it's been on the list for a while. It's from Universal. It's probably yet another thing that should have gone straight to Peacock. And that is September for you. Not a good month. No, Not sir. Not a good month. All right. How about we do
2: September to Remember from now on, and we look at other movies years ago that were released in September that were actually entertaining and people give a shit about. You
0: know what? I think go ahead and make your pitch to Robert. To hey, hang on. I want you to think through this, and I want you to name all kinds of movies that you could do while I run away for just a second. Uh,
1: back to school movies in September, such as Back to School. Oh man, remember that? There's a genre that's died. Like there's a sub-genre of film that has just totally died. It's the back You're turning to school movie. campus
2: and stuff. What's well, because school is not fun anymore you can't have fun at school anymore you offend everybody if you do one thing
1: oh man you know what we need you know what we need somebody home in to college do. but as a movie plot with like somebody else yeah uh, somebody needs to do um either re- like re- a double screening of revenge of the nerds in summer school like the week oh. school starts again hey shout out to mark
2: Harmon, by the way for having a successful marriage in hollywood with an actress since they've you're gotten not- married and are
1: still married to this day you're not kidding man that i i dunk Mark on that and indie, as it were uh, I, I dunk on that guy's acting a lot of the time because for a lot of it's not good and his later career has just been painful especially all of his crappy ncis stuff but yeah. he's got a page he's got a steady paycheck and he's got a loving marriage and god bless him for it man you know you are winning at life whether whether or not your movies and television <laughs> Yeah, where they fall on that, who knows. But At summer
2: school, was fun, as was the Presidio with him and Sean Connery, where he actually gave a good performance. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Presidio in so long. Also, Mark has a clause in his contracts and everything he does now because he's such a big shot from NCIS. It's basically been referred to as the no-asshole contract, where if somebody is an objectionable person on set and he finds them to be objectionable, he can have them removed. <laughs> you know what? Good for him. Yeah, so he'll never work with anybody who's deemed difficult, basically, and can contractually get away with such.
1: Yeah, so we'll never see him and Wesley Snipes together. What a shame. Wesley was difficult for different
2: reasons. I supported Wesley in those reasons.
1: Depending on depending on the project, fair enough, but...
2: When, when you're trying to take the title character and marginalize him and take the movie away from him, I get it.
1: Yeah, well, it doesn't help that your director is David Goyer.
2: No, no, it doesn't. Although the best part of that whole legend is that he refused to open his eyes during that one scene. And they had the CGI his open eyes above his eyelids. Fantastic.
1: Oh, it, it's so obvious, too. <laughs> that movie is like, even without the acrimony of Wesley Snipes, like even if he'd got into that and just been a team player, that movie would have been so, would, would have been just a different train wreck. What about Back
2: to School with Billy Zabka September since... Back to School is a returning to school
1: movie. True. And
2: the original Karate Kid is a movie about starting school and in then in the fall.
1: That's true.
2: Back yeah, to that... School with Billy Zabka. Yeah, that... Just one of the guys would fall into that range and he's in that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he would. He Look at that. That would. theme happens. We, we somehow turned William Zabka into a thing. For... Billy Zabka is the mascot of
2: September. Oh, I can't wait till Mark comes back for that.
1: There he is. We figured it out, Mark. William Zabka is in fact the mascot of the entire month of September.
0: Because Sounds what great. happens
1: what happens in September, Mark? All the kids go back to school.
2: So mm-hmm. what about movies where people go back to school, such as back to school, the karate kid, just one of the guys? Hey, Aww. what's the common denominator between all three of those movies?
0: Billy Zabka. That sounds like a triple feature, actually.
2: I, I think it more sounds like a month than you just do one of those each week instead of the September lineup that you have planned.
0: I think it sounds like I've already got my schedule planned out, so, but thank it's, you yeah, for Yeah, Schedules are for people who, you know... Who are organized adults?
2: No, who watch Dirty Dancing.
1: And Mark, Mark, you have altered the schedule so many times. We both know you could again tomorrow. And I nope.
0: alter it to accommodate my busy social life, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no no that, that at the moment that's still true like, <laughs> eight months eight months ago that's a cop out now it's accurate
0: so, right, well well, we, well pat makes well, funny sounds
1: hang on so mark we were just talking about this a little bit so i'm gonna ask you uh, oh
0: okay is it about billy Zapka?
1: indirectly <laughs> that entire sub. we talked a while ago about like the sub genre of movies that have died you know like, like the yeah. horny teenager movie right, has right, died right. yep The coming of age movie has kind of died. Um, The back to school movie. Again, when I say, I say kind of like the the theme of coming of age is very much alive, but the actual like movie that is about coming of age is they're very rare these days.
0: I mean, back to school, back to school movies. Yeah, I think those are gone. I would absolutely say those. Here's the thing. I think they're because we're such a touchy feely um, sensitive culture right now. No one wants to do the kinds of Funny, raunchy, over the top, we were all 12 and 13 once kind of movies because you know who, who wants to think no wa- it's that way? Well, no that's one what we were there's no we wants to about.
1: admit what they did or said when they were 12 because they'll there right. will be repercussions 20 years down the line. Suddenly, you know, you're not yeah, you're not fit to be a functioning member of society if when you were 12 you went boobs. Well, that's and, the and, thing. I like, like, tried to sneak you, a look into the girl's locker
0: room. You can't make super bad today for that reason because you have to then recognize that we're all like horny, shitty teenagers.
2: And, and you know? you're a bad person for laughing at it.
0: Right. Exactly. All right. That, that's that's
2: more than anything else the driving factor with why those movies don't get made. It's yeah, not so right. much the, the adolescent behavior, it's that how can you yeah. laugh at such behavior knowing it's wrong and immoral yeah. and damn you will make you wear an A on your chest. Actually, no. We're just going to try to destroy your life sy- systematically, piece by piece. If you do that, you know we're not that... asking to make friggin' Porky's again. Okay, like, I mean, I you am. don't. <laughs> no, that should never be remade. That was a classic. Don't touch porkies.
0: <laughs> it's true. Um, we know? don't even we don't even live in a world where you could like Porky's was speaking to a very specific time and place and what was going on in that part of the world. Yeah. That doesn't even exist anymore. Like, there's you couldn't Dude, remake you Porky's couldn't... because the world in which Porky's existed is gone.
1: You I mean, there's remi- still prejudice against Jews. Ah, that's fair. I mean, look, look, let me give you another another example. Yeah, like, you, anybody? you couldn't remake The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a freaking musical <laughs> with boobs. <laughs> also,
2: but, I don't want to see a version of it without Burt Reynolds. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, man, you, I, I know. Like, you couldn't I do don't care that, how right? busy he is slapping around Sally Field. Get him out there. You could you couldn't do that without Burton and Dolly, like the the so, chemistry of those two. We, you
0: know what? You, also, you couldn't make now. You couldn't make the deer. Now this is completely like off off topic, but you couldn't make the, <laughs> deer, the deer hunter deer. now. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you absolutely cannot make the deer hunter in today's cinematic. You landscape.
1: could no no. You absolutely could. It would just star Miles Teller <laughs> and Jake. It would be Hall. directed by Refin. Yes, let's from.
0: let's let's make that happen. The Deer Hunter remake by Refin.
1: No, no, no. It's Reffin. Star- it, it stars Teller, mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal, and Gosling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, but it's so, no, slow no, and you, with pregnant pauses. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. You've got, yeah. no, no. Jake Gyllenhaal acts like a maniac. Everyone else <laughs> acts like everyone else in a Reffin movie. So he's sitting there doing the Christopher Walken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got Ryan Gosling sitting on the other side of the table doing the De Niro, just going, You're going to make me do this? Come How on, does, man! Come uh, home with me.
0: Where the we fuck mean, are you from
1: Deer Hunter? From by the way. How does that
2: even? I've we're been talking, talking about porkies,
1: and
0: you go right from from
2: '50s Florida to not.
0: <laughs> well, that tells you a lot about me, doesn't it? I like the fact that like it our does. audience grew exponentially in just the last two to three minutes. Like, nice. all of a sudden, people are tuning in. Guys, they're like what are they? What are they talking about? Are they talking about <laughs> Samaritan. I don't know. What if I mentioned porkies and went to deliver? <laughs> and went to the deer hunter. Though I was couldn't also del- thinking about deliverance, couldn't make deliverance either, and no, you could not. Good God, no! no can you you imagine? I mean, you, okay, could, you could, but it would be... But a comp- you
1: could, but they're assaulted by. Uh, nope, I'm not. I'm not. We're on Twitch. I'm not <laughs> going to say it. I'm I was going to say you it.
0: Could, but it would end up just being porn. So. No, no, that's <laughs> not what I was going to say. I it would end s- up being boring, to be fair. Yeah.
1: No, I
0: was. Look, I know how they would do it. I Wheal, do know how they would squeal, do like, it. A re- squeal, squeal Conor, like a- alrighty squeal, squeal like a raty. I want you to squeal like Sanadi O'Connor what what is your pitch <laughs> <laughs> No, look be, because of what deliverance is fundamentally
1: speaking to like mm-hmm. on an emotional level, like why does deliverance resonate when a bunch of other crap doesn't? yeah, I know what they would do differently this time, and I'm, I mean, not, you're, gonna, you're still I'm not gonna you're not gonna say to pick
2: it on Appalachians but.
1: No, no. Like the setting doesn't change, but I'm not saying what I would. I'm not saying what I what, what they would do because some idiot will hear me say it, and I'll tell you later. I'm not saying it on air.
2: I mean, that's you could always do a Munich where, like, it flips everything. Where instead of being persecuted and bullied and killed, the Jews are like the badasses.
1: Okay. Yeah, you know, Munich. That's certainly an. interesting That's why one. Munich's awesome. Munich
2: takes that and flips it on it. Munich's awesome. What a good movie. Eric Bana tears some shit up. Okay. In that.
0: So let let's let's have another emotional whiplash moment. You couldn't make Revenge of the Nerds today. Oh no no no! Uh, oh, first of all, even if couldn't. you try to shot for shot remake of that movie and just kind of accept it as was there's a there's a very blatant sexual assault that that is celebrated. Yeah, Darth Vader,
2: Robert Carradine. <laughs> yeah, <like> that's <laughs> been referenced in there's, I don't know how many things since then, and it's right. like, whoa. and that is
0: that is a celebrated like like that is him like ascending like that that is the genoma of that narrative is he bangs this girl who doesn't know it's him yikes, yikes. Yeah. It's no and and it's like can you do revenge of the nerd without that scene you know no no that's well, that's also, the trick can't. of it you
2: can't call people nerds anymore <laughs> and also nerds now are like you know for some reason not picked on as much which is wrong they're all these crunchy granola dudes well, look, who are like well, in and popular in high school where they wear pants that. Are basically painted on and they talk about eco friendly shit and what, like, you know,
1: Glee. Fuck Glee. <laughs> million, million percent. Million That's, percent of the when with that. When I promote
0: this on Twitter, uh, normally I'll do the tagline from the movie. I might just go, fuck Glee. Here's our remote. Ha- here's our ha- review of some <laughs> <acronym>. Hashtag. <laughs> fuck Glee. All we're right, right. Can please move this on now. This has been a wonderful conversation, but. are you ready no i said are you
2: ready no god no god please no 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 no
0: robert do you remember when i used to worry that we wouldn't have enough stuff to talk about for these shows
1: you know who we didn't mention when we were talking about dirty comedians who had to clean up their acts for network television? How do we not mention Bob Saget? Because that guy's stand-up is <laughs> filthy.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that that is a legendary cleanup act.
1: I like, thought you were gonna I, say Louis C. K and he didn't, so
0: no, because he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Pat. Hey Pat, I just recently re-listened to our very first review of Fuller House, where we talked about how people thought they were getting Bob Saget from Full House. When he when he when the show was over <laughs> and he went back to stand up and he started in with blah, 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 blah. and people were like Woo-hoo! I thought we were getting Danny Tanner the, the best the best thing ever is ah so you guys
2: are all here huh fuck well I guess I'll put a la- a, a shoebox on my lap and do a puppet show <laughs>
1: I've got the I've got the uh, I've got the body of a ten year old ten bra- year old boy and the brain of a German Shepherd they're in the trunk of my car and I'd like to show them to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, the critics hated it. It's got a hey, thirty-six percent. Yeah, review. look, that's why we—that's why we
1: do this segment because so many of these critics suck at their job.
0: But the audience thought it was just dandy with the seventy-eight percent. About right. Uh, critics, let me add them. Let me add them. <laughs> although Samaritan, oh, this is going to be fun. Although Samaritan is better than it could have been, the Stallone-led superhero drama is creatively underpowered. Wah, wah.
1: Not a, these people are not in on the joke, and they're not going to realize that until we, we had to
0: explain it to them.
1: See, like, right. when freaking Richard Roper gets it right, eh?
0: <laughs> well, let's start with Roger Moore of Movie Nation, uh, Robert's... Uh, sure, uh, let, let, with, let's Winfrey start stepfather. it. Yes. <laughs> the sins of Samaritan are being so dull and generic as to barely be worth making, much less watching.
2: Pull up this cocksucker's review history and let's see how many Marvel movie he praises as if they're not all generic
0: and fucking dull.
1: The majority, actually, I we we yeah, talk about guy, Roger Moore. This, this guy fucking hates occasion.
0: everything, Pat. Yeah, this is not going to be. This is not going to go well. Um, oh, I thought that said transmitter approved critic. And looking at him, that would make sense.
2: <laughs> That's not nice, Pat.
0: <laughs> what is um, he? What is
2: he? Uh, the hot potato. George Michael, Portrait of an Artist, and I like George Michael, but come on, man, what are we doing?
0: What column is his stuff? So. Okay, so he okay, so so the rating so the left of the left column is is what his rating was. Yeah. Because I did this wrong the last time. Yeah, you did. Um let's see. Let's see. Look, here's
1: the only thing I give Roger more credit for, and I absolutely give him credit for this.
0: Wait, he saw Dragon Ball?
1: Yeah, (laughs) no no no. Here's what I give him credit for. Mm -hmm. Seriously. That dude is in the trenches. Like he yeah. watches a lot of stuff and I say that to his credit. Like he's not one of, he's not old man, Morgan Stern, who does, you know, two reviews a, a month and is like, yeah, that, that fills my, that, that gets me to my pension. Now, like Roger Moore is in the trenches when it comes to this stuff, but yeah, he's, he's way off base here. Um, again, like it, if you're reviewing this movie and you call it right. dull, I think he you're ga- missing the point.
0: He gave Prey a 2.5 out of 4. No, yeah. Oh, so he's just a pussy. He gave Bullet Train a three out of four. That's fair. Let's see. He gave DC League of Super Pets a one point five out of four. Yeah, uh, he's
2: actually. But he didn't even watch that, and just felt
1: like people wouldn't question him doing
0: that. <laughs> it's like it's nobody, hot. nobody, nobody questioned that review. Entirely possible. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, back to yeah it. Oh, he gave the Gray Man one point five. Um,
1: he can't. This guy can't even say something really sucks. Like, what if if you're going out of four, Gray Man's a one out of four. Like, it's not one and a half.
0: Uh, see, where the crawdad. Oh my God, where the crawdad thinks he only gave her one point five. Why?
2: He wasn't paid to say nice things about it
1: because it because it was dull and uninspiring, and he questions whether or not it should have been made.
0: Uh, let's do a few more here. See if we can find something that'll pick, piss Pat off. Um, ah, there we go. Pat, Thor: Love and Thunder, two point five out of four.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked by that. <laughs> let's avoid. It's so generic, but yeah, okay. So Thor: Love and Thunder, that's not generic. That's yeah, right on.
1: I'm going to assume he slept through most of Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, and he, like uh, that, or he loved it so much, the screaming goats are now his own. He was sound. probably
2: just happy that Hemsworth was pretty
1: much naked. Was, in fact, naked more than once. But hey, it's okay to objectify the male body, but not the female body.
0: Rob Gonzalez of Rob's Movie Vault. <clears throat> Stallone keeps his end of the bargain. It's nihilistically grungy backdrop that sticks in the craw. You're not... Yeah. Okay, this is a guy who does not get the point.
1: Again, the, like... The movie is not nihilistic. I mean, this is one of the things that people people fundamentally misunderstood. What so many of these movies were about in the like pe- contemporarily in the 90s, people missed the point of this. It's a rejection of nihilism. Wasn't Mel- until the 2000s when everyone got really nihilistic because they misunderstood everything that came from the 90s. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mel Valentin of Screen Anarchy. Unfortunately for Stallone and the audience on the other side of the screen, the derivative, turgid, forgettable results won't get mentioned in a career retrospective.
1: It's why? not designed for that. Secondly, this was not turgid. I don't know. Wh- I don't know why that was your word of the day. <laughs> yeah, that was on his not calendar. A- not appropriate <laughs> use of that word here, buddy. Hey, Robert. I, I see him. him. He's coming down the hall. I Who found are we looking at here?
0: Oh, I've this been a year is, this is long. Mark,
1: this is Mark's <laughs> favorite gimmick. He likes to he likes to make me bully Kevin Carr.
0: Hi, Kevin Carr, fat guy. I've really made this creepy. Although, by the way, <laughs> hi, well, Kevin Carr, fat well, look, guy. Mark's, at the Mark's
1: personal remake of Deliverance features him and Kevin Carr <laughs> in the woods.
0: Oh, Kevin. After.
1: Only this time, instead of disturbing silence, it's set to the music of Dirty Dancing.
0: <laughs> now I had the time of my life with Kevin. Okay, Carr. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> Drab and depressing. This attempt to cash in on superhero pop culture can't okay. find a decent spark. You Again, fucking idiot! You're missing and the now you higher. understand
2: that this idiot. Guy, this guy is the worst. He. This isn't an attempt to cash in on those movies because it's completely derivative of them.
1: Yeah, th- this is not trying to. This is not Spawn trying to cash in on Blade. This is not that. Or, y- I hope he y- fucking eats his fat ass into oncoming traffic. I really do. <laughs> yeah, the, the people, the amount of people who missed the point of this, like this is not a cheap cash in attempt. all a bunch of fucking moron pussies. You, like- Speaking of which. Vincent
0: I, I I'm not even saying you have to be effusive with praise of this. There's plenty of things to critique, but you're missing the point, right? Vincent Mancini of Up Rocks, that vaunted periodical. There are porn films with more naturalistic dialogue. Go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I don't mean, think depend- he's ever
2: seen a porno. To be fair,
1: he's never actually watched one start to finish. He's just making assumptions about the dialogue. Yeah. This is a guy who sk- Who no- this is a guy who has like the. He watches so much porn. He has the he has this he has it down to a science. He knows which parts so of the movie. So much porn. He knows which parts to skip to. Like I skip x number of minutes in, watch for this long, then I skip this much, then I watch this much. Like that. He's that guy.
0: Okay. I was gonna read John Serber of Decider, but I'm more fascinated by this one. I really okay. want to get Pat to, Pat to weigh in on it. So it's a fr- it's a fresh review, but I don't I don't know. We need to talk about it. Emiliano Basile of Escarbiende Cine. The best movie Stallone has made in a long time. Full review in Spanish.
1: Okay, hang on.
0: Well, the best movie on. he's made.
1: Hang on. He said, no, no, no. Mark, don't don't misconstrue what this gentleman's saying. He's mm-hmm. saying the best in a long time. And now yeah. I have to look up Sylvester Stallone's filmography. Yeah, that's what I'm I agree doing with right now. Show. I'm he's like,
0: on. I don't know if I believe that. That's let's, the thing.
2: You have to look at what his recent body of work is, and honestly, most of his recent body of work, I think people would think to, would be like the Expendables franchise, the newest Rocky movie.
0: That's uh, what I'm looking at. Okay, so let's look at the last, say, five years of film. Okay, so hang on. We, we have to. We also have to
1: determine very specifically. Is let's anything call him he's a NA lead? Okay, there on the. On the poster, or like the lead on the poster? Well,
2: all right. stop One for a of second. the top two male leads.
0: So, like Guardians
2: of the Galaxy wouldn't count because he has a cameo in that. Yeah, no,
0: I'm not counting that one. No, no, I'm I like, wouldn't but...
2: count. I wouldn't count Creed Two. I would count Creed to be honest. I wouldn't count Creed
1: My, Two. Right. My question's more about the Suicide Squad.
0: Well, yeah, I. Here's the thing: it was a voice role, but I mean, so I, that, I'm let's fifty fifty that on that side. All right, so uh, so the first one we're we're really talking about here is Rambo Last Blood.
2: Right, and I think this was better than that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Escape Plan: The Extractors that went direct to video. Direct to video. I, think, I right.
2: think this is better than each of the Escape Plan movies.
0: Okay. Creed Two. This is
2: definitely better than Creed Two. It's not better than Creed Two. Creed Two, Creed Two sucks, Mark, and I'm not even saying that as somebody who just Creed Two is a terrible movie. I, I haven't disagree, seen Creed. But
1: I haven't seen Creed 2 in its entirety, so I'm I, I don't feel fully qualified right. people, to talk about it, but people like
2: Creed 2 because it's essentially a spiritual sequel to Rocky Four, which yeah. in itself is not a good movie. And we yes, have to acknowledge that it's a no. fun movie, but it's not it's good. A, yeah. It's
0: amazing. Um all right, so not count not counting voice work. The next thing is Creed, which he was excellent in. Um and yeah. The,
1: I, He's I excellent. Uh,
0: the movie sucks. The Expendables I, Three.
1: Ultimate, hang on. Ultimately, Oof. I'd say Creed is better than this, but that's on the strength of Stallone's acting as Rocky more than anything else.
0: The Expendables 3. That was trash. Grudge <sighs> Match.
2: That was fun, but this is not... That, th- it's actually very fun in the same vein as this, to be honest. Th- these are about on par for me. Around.
1: And, and, okay. okay, hang on. And now we've gone back about 10 years. Yeah, yeah that's like
0: all... 2014, I want to say. Yeah, well, I'm going to say... The last two movies I'm going to read to you that and that is a 10 year period is Bullet to the Head and The Expendables 2.
2: Loved Bullet to the Head. Yeah. Had a, had a lot
1: of fun with that. Also a comic book movie. I'd right. uh, I'd say The Expendables 2 is better than this, but that's a lot closer than you might think. Yes, I would agree with that as well. All right. So uh, I uh, ultimately kind of bizarrely, yeah, I think I think our uh, friend is correct here that this is the best movie Stallone has been the lead in or like one of the very top leads in quite some time.
2: I would agree.
0: Um a girl that uh that Pat, Pat won't even date, Erin Brady of Consequence. I don't know, it, what does she look like? She looks like this. Why are you doing this? Because it's we have Pat here and this is fun. Yeah, but he, but everything is pixelated like you, you Yeah, she's not really... Oh
2: no, no, no. No, sorry. You would be a swipe
0: left. <laughs> um all right, where'd you go? Where are you?
1: And pretty? this is why you don't do that, because you can't navigate things properly.
0: Shut up! It's not my fault. Aaron Brady of consequence. If you're looking for superhero media that challenges what it means to be a superhero, just watch the boys again. It's on the same streaming service anyway. Thanks. Okay. Again, missing the point. Yeah. This
1: is not about challenging the idea of a superhero or what makes a hero. You're... I'm going to go out on a limb and say you weren't conscious enough in the <laughs> 90s to really understand what's going on here. Yeah, I was going to say she's 20 years old.
0: Yeah. For she's
1: sure. n- definitely less than 30 by a considerable margin.
0: James Crute of New Zealand. I'm all for, charit- for being charitable towards a Stallone action flick. Demolition Man is one of my favorite popcorn movies of the 90s. Oh, screw you. If you diminish Demolition Man to being a popcorn
1: movie, you hack.
0: Idiot. But with its clunky exposition and tired tropes, Samaritan eventually runs out of redeeming qualities.
1: How are the tropes tired when they haven't been visited in 30 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not dealing in tropes that have been done recently. And if you're not familiar with that, it's because you either spend way too much time rewatching said movies or you're immediately substituting you know, the Marvel formula. In where, is,
2: yeah, where were all these assholes when Marvel remade Iron Man, Captain America and Thor as Captain Marvel, Black Panther and what's the other stupid fucking movie they made?
0: You uh, believe you're referencing Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, there you go. Okay. Um, Andy Crump of Paste Magazine. Even a failed attempt at making a superhero movie out of whole cloth, it isn't, rather than pre existing IP, you Do moron. Your research. <laughs> <is> <laughs> yeah, welcome that's why I read this one, is welcome, particularly one that challenges the genre's mores. Hey, Paste hey. Magazine, fire your editor. Also, stop eating paste. <laughs> No,
2: please keep doing it. I like the end result.
1: I'll
0: find something that's more toxic. James Vernier of Boston Herald. When it isn't derivative, it's dumb. Oh, wait, this is even better. Alex Bentley of Culture Map. Culture Map, gentlemen. I I got a map for you. Samaritan is not based on an existing comic book or graphic you're novel. You're an idiot. Well,
2: you're off the cultural map, so there we
0: go. <laughs> yeah, and It's attempt to create a superheroic character from the ground up never gains any traction. Stallone still has a presence, but he needs a much stronger story to pull off a movie like this. Again, Why are we like a dumb podcast that gets very few views, More do, doing more research than the people who are paid to do this? Because well, we care. are the
2: only people who still acknowledges Rotten Tomatoes is worth anything,
0: and you should stop doing that. Oh, this fit but no, I I can't not do this bit. This bit is fun. Yeah, you Mark, can, Mark, Mark. No, no, I I insist we do this bit. It's actually a nice pressure relief valve
1: for all the frustration of my week. <laughs> I get to yell at people who deserve it.
0: <laughs> Mark sick of Mark Reviews Movies.
1: No, nope, not the, not. You know, I almost bought boxing gloves today. I got okay. really okay. close to doing it. Okay, which is relevant okay, because gotta, Patty because pat's gloving up for what's about to happen <laughs> i'm not doing it mark keep going
0: shoot script does ultimately and unfortunately become a little more than routine superhero story
1: okay i'm going to really hope and i mean really hope that what was left out in your ellipses there makes that makes you sound smarter than that because boy is that a really dumb sentiment about this movie
0: all right the future x mrs winfrey weighing in from the new york Absolute- times
1: <laughs> No, no, no. This is not even a future X one night stand for me.
0: <laughs> How did this woman go from fucking Collider to the New York Times? How? Because, the New- because, because they're New York- both
1: hacked pieces of shit? Because the New York Times is a former
0: newspaper, like Collider's a former outlet. Who yeah. did Amy Nicholson let in her butt to get on the New York Times writing staff? I want to know, and I want to talk to the guy. She didn't, no, no. She didn't- You're
2: assuming it's a guy.
0: Why That's a she very
2: do- patriarchal of you.
0: One, she didn't actually
1: let him. to, she just said he did, and he, said, and he realized that the mere implication of that impropriety would be the end of him, so he is now beholden to her.
0: Uh, and did... that's called a
1: boom! One-punch knockout.
0: How to butt-sex your way to the top of the New York Times former newspaper. You, you just lie about it, and they'll, say, they'll have to go along with it. <laughs> and, then the, and then you get a critic's job. Terrific. Please, anyone who's listening to this, give this review to Amy Nicholson just to hear that part. What Amy? <laughs> Give
1: this to the New York Times and let them know you're not that
0: far away from.
1: Like, congratulations, you're a tabloid.
0: Top critic. Do crumbling communities need a fighter or a figurehead? Do oh, good shut and up! Ev- oh my God, th- this. Do good it, and evil coexist inside us all? In lieu of embodying these in questions, Stallone's character, <laughs> Stallone's character, an apathetic self-proclaimed troglodyte. Clump glumly, flattens the toaster with his bare hands. This you know broad. what self proclaimed means, Amy? No, she works. She used to work at Collider.
1: There can't be this many stupid people employed. Well, no, no, no. She's correct because at one point his character does call himself a troglodyte in the film.
2: Yeah, I, I get that, but she's referring to Stallone,
1: not the character. And I that's know, the like problem. Th- that's a badly written sentence. It yeah. really is. <laughs> also. <laughs> If you're trying to look in in a for meaning and commentary on the nature and duality of man and civic responsibility in a 90s throwback action movie designed to evoke movies that deliberately didn't, like they used those questions as backdrop. They didn't actually say anything about them 90% of the time. The Crow doesn't say anything about society in that respect. It uses a crumbling society as a backdrop for pathos, not a discussion about reality. I mean...
0: Richard, Richard uh, Krause of Richard Krause.
1: Not even RichardKrause.com.
0: Nope, just Richard Krause. Just him screaming on a street corner, I guess. Samaritan so has a distinct early 90s vibe. Hey, at least you uh-huh. recognized it. It's the stuff of H.W. Bush era direct-to-video flicks and put me in the mind of the days when I watched movies rented for a day or two on rickety old videotapes. Okay. One he at more, least... more more Clintonier than
2: HW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, two. One... When were videotapes rickety and old? Like I don't remember videotapes being so much rickety and old as, as you know, like your Magnavox full TV set that was falling
1: apart. Th- this guy is just trying to apply derivative terminology to nostalgia bait. And don't get me wrong, I hate nostalgia bait. This is this is I a, just a, a want all it. these
2: people in a fire.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> last this is one not a nice way to say it. Last one here, and then we're gonna call it for the night. So, Soren Anderson of the Seattle Times. I'm sorry, newspaper. what was that name? Soren, S-O-R-E-N. Soren Anderson. No, no, we're done here. Of the, <laughs> of the Seattle Times, former newspaper. I mean, look, I,
1: under, I understand that you looked at that you looked at the depiction of Edge uh, of Granite City here and just thought it was set in Seattle. I mean, you could make that under you could
0: make that mistake. I get it.
2: I was looking for Matt Hughes and Robbie Lawler because I thought this was Granite City.
0: Originality, oh, oh that hurts! Originality was on vacation when this picture was made. Okay, dickhead.
1: <laughs> here's what. Here's why you've annoyed me on this one, and, and I, I mean this in all sincerity. Partially because I've made this mistake in the past. I want originality in media. Bullshit. There is no originality. There isn't.
0: There's tweaks. We got a comment here. What a thirty-six! You, just watch it. It was real good. Shout out, Tony Miller. Thank you, Tony.
1: Yeah, again, like for, for guys around our for guys who get what this movie's doing, you, you're not going to have these confused discussions around what <laughs> around the the craft of the film. Like it's a little bit like watching Austin Powers and going, you know, I was really hoping for a serious James Bond discussion like or or having never seen a james bond movie just going you know i don't know you know here's let's
2: we're 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 wrestling fans a lot of our audience grew up wrestling fans that's how a lot of us ended up talking whether it was pro wrestling or mma okay we don't watch hulk hogan to see Chain wrestling exchanges and beautiful high flying counters. We watch Hulk Hogan because we want to watch him be superhuman, slam 400 pound men, take unbelievable punishment, come back and save the day. We watch Stallone for the same reasons in those types of films. We don't watch, you know, uh, we, you know, let's let's pull somebody out here. Let we don't watch Daniel Day Lewis do those things. Right. Stallone is to acting what a Hulk Hogan is to wrestling. Whereas Daniel Day-Lewis would be more to like what a Bret Hart is to wrestling. They are different things made for different audiences that don't have significant universal appeal to everybody. But one of these things generally outweighs the other a lot of the time in terms of what people are looking for. And in a superhero genre, guess what more people are looking for in an audience? They want to see the superhuman cool shit that somebody who looks superhuman can do in these things. They're not looking for Daniel Day Lewis to learn how to paint with his left foot like a retard.
1: For the record, this is much as I hated Thor, Love, and Thunder, and I did. Feel free to listen to our review. There's a reason Thor, Love, and Thunder actually had an audience, whereas the Eternals didn't. One of these things fundamentally understood what it was, the other did One not. One of these things was directed by.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that is our review of the Amazon Prime exclusive. Feature starring Sylvester Stallone, Samaritan. Um, as I said, next week we are taking a break from movies. We will be... Yeah, all uh, ale- September
2: we're taking a break from fun stuff too. So.
0: Alexis Haina will be um, stepping Chase up. The point. A- allegedly. Be nice. Um, I have cut myself pretty much out of reviewing television. I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning up the last couple of ones I promised. People like the Orville hey, and Star Trek bark. Discovery. Not Discovery. Um, the Worlds. What I about know.
1: What King Mark? Hang on. I know that you cutting back on television hurt you in some respect. Like in some respects, it was a relief. In some respects, it hurt you, sir. Sure. I need to say thank you. Because I, I was browsing Netflix the other day.
0: Oh, did you see Net- uh, Lock and Key Season And three? I saw Lock
1: and Key Season 3, <laughs> yeah. and I got to just give it the finger and keep scrolling. It was great!
0: <laughs> Mwah, I love <laughs> I'm not, you! I don't have to watch that. Christmas has come early for Robert Winfrey. I'm not making you review Lock and Key. Y-
1: you know what? that? You know what that reminded me? That did remind me though, and what? I watched, I'm watching Sandman kind of piecemeal because it's not speaking to me. Mm-hmm. But I say this to all the Sandman fans out there. I am genuinely glad you got an adaptation of something you love that you enjoy. I, whatever I'm glad I think, I don't have to watch it. Hey, look, what, <laughs> fair enough. And whatever I think about the show itself, and again, I, I'm uh, I'm about five episodes into it, and it's like at the moment the emotional high point is the sad puppy dragon dying in like episode two. Okay. So I'm not like I'm not. It's not speaking to me, but it does speak to other people. And I just, as a guy who has suffered watching material he loves be badly adapted more than Boy, I once, I wonder what that's like. Can't imagine. My my fan of Thor since he was five.
0: Cowboy Bebop.
1: No, no, no. Pat was a, Pat's been a fan of Thor
0: since he was No, like no, no, five. no. I was I missed my opportunity to Cowboy Bebop at you. Okay.
1: Yeah, Cowboy Bebop, Lock and Key, The Dark Tower, like so many. So Mm -hmm. many things that have just been obliterated and have turned in trash. Whatever I feel about it, I'm glad you got an adaptation of something you love that you enjoy. Seriously. Million percent, I'm glad for you. Major
2: Dad, it leaves Netflix the day after tomorrow. Okay.
0: Moving on. Um, Alexis Haina is going to be stepping up and doing some television reviews for me. In theory, if she can ever get her shit together and get on the StreamYard here on the Engine Broadcasting Network... So a trial run of her ability to host a podcast and have a discussion outside of the MCU's Bleeding Edge podcast with Jeff Sloboda, where she has been leading discussions on some of the Marvel television shows. Well, Thanks, someone Pat. has to
1: control that circus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just on that, speaking of controlling a circus. Um, how, how, I'll ask you once we're off air how that was. <laughs> it was fine. They were fine, lovely gentlemen. I, as you, you know, turn into a
1: giant, as you turn into a green rage monster, I know how this goes. <laughs> Shut
0: up. Um, anyway, <laughs> at a lovely time, uh, there, there was tea and crumpet. Hat. Upload season two. We're like months late on this, but you know, September, so we, we. This is where it fit in. Uh, so we'll be reviewing. She'll be leading the discussion of upload season two a week from tonight, uh, as there is no movie to review. But we'll be back on the 13th we'll be re- reviewing uh robert zemeckis's pinocchio which is streaming on disney plus september 8th and then we're skipping another week um the tuesday slot will be filled by myself uh jesse and david will be reviewing the orville season three and then uh we'll ba- we're back on a special wednesday edition of damn new hollywood as i will be at a concert on tuesday
1: Don't do that. Um, Don't mime that. That'll get us in trouble.
0: (laughs) I don't even know what you're doing. I'm looking at the schedule, you bastard. Um, We'll be looking at the. I think it's debuting now. They've gone through this like several. Jesus, Pat! I just saw that. (laughs) (laughs) The Munsters by Rob Zombie, which ought to be fun. I believe it's going to be debuting PVOD and on Netflix for some odd reason on the same day. Either way, think about that. Either Uh, way, it'll it'll absolutely PVOD on that.
1: I am so torn on that. I mean, Rob Zombies you know what? I'll say this about Rob Zombie's movies. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit like Werner Herzog. Like, there's always something to talk
0: about, even if it's a spectacular. That is why death. I cut that's why I cut Hocus Pocus and I was like, let's just talk about the monsters. So something about. I don't have to yell at you before, Mark. Way to go. Good job. All right. Well, October gets better, Pat. October gets better because we'll be discussing Can't get much the- worse. The Arm de Amis, uh, Marilyn Manson uh, biopic, Blonde, Marilyn Monroe. For God's sake, (laughs) (laughs) what did I say? Did I say Marilyn Marilyn Manson? (laughs) Manson. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe. I'm so tired. Marilyn Monroe biopic. I gotta, I gotta plug my. uh,
1: Now we're going back. Camera back in.
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, Blonde, which will be on Netflix on uh, on September 28th. So we'll be talking featuring the
2: lovely and exquisite Anna de Armas.
0: Yes, I said that. On October 4th. And then, hey, Hellraiser, man, the new Hellraiser movie that'll be on Hulu. Things we we love getting destroyed. Yep. Um, And then uh, Halloween Ends, which will be on Peacock and in theaters, (laughs) but no one's going to theaters to see that. So everyone will just watch it on Peacock. I don't think anyone's going to watch it on Peacock either. We'll be reviewing Halloween Ends on October 18th. And then on a special Monday edition of uh, Damn You Hollywood. We'll be talking Black Adam. Literally, not a single movie in theaters until uh, the twenty-first when well, Black Adam's in theaters.
2: Maybe we should go back to like we're gonna do for September, where we cancel all the crap and we just do back to school with Billy Zapka month.
0: Okay. Well, so that's what we're doing we can here do on October. Okay, so that's what we're doing here on the Rattlevision Broadcasting Network October. Is... As Pat tries to take over things, get your, you you know what? Go talk to Sean. You get on the stream yard. You can do all the podcasts you want on the nights. I'm not doing them.
2: I'm doing this all for, for the collective good. Second off. I don't talk to Sean.
0: (laughs) Robert, what are you doing these days? Well,
1: I am occasionally paid to watch professional wrestling. So I do that. (laughs) I cover AW's dark elevation on Monday. Pretty good main event, actually, this last week between uh, Hikaru Shida and Emi Sakura. They had a six-minute-ish, pretty hard-hitting match. You know, those two beat the crap out of each other, so that's fun. Um, I will be... I got tagged in, so Wednesday I will be covering AEW's Dynamite. And I can only imagine my opinion about the Elite versus United Empires will be very, very different from most people's. Not mine. Uh, most people's. I mean, look, I did watch, um, because I was I heard good things about it, so I watched the trios match between United Empire and the Death Triangle, because I like Death Triangle. And seeing that Dave Meltzer gave that the full five stars reminded me that his opinion is worth very, very little. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, we just read a bunch of Dave Meltzers before.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, he he would fit right in on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Whatever the Rotten Tomatoes equivalent is of professional wrestling reviews. Well, that's, that's the Wrestling Observer. Fair enough. Uh so, so I will be covering that. And uh, again, I look forward to September. Uh that'll be a thing. Um this <laughs> Friday is the go home show for WWE's Clash at the Castle. They taped it last week, so it already happened, and I kinda know and so I know what happens. <laughs> uh, but I will be covering WWE
0: SmackDown on Friday. You um, big are you gonna watch the fight Sunday night? Big men slapping meat. You have to be more specific. Louis Ortiz versus Andrew Ruiz, Fox Pay Per View. Sunday. Yes, it's
2: Sunday afternoon. I thought not night.
0: Nope, Sunday evening. Pause right here. I have it right here.
2: I would think no, because Rob probably is doing some kind of AEW coverage.
1: Uh, Sunday evenings? No, Sunday evenings. I usually record the podcast, but so we'll see. I mean, probably not, but we'll see. Nine um, o'clock. Sa- Got it right here. So Saturday morning, I believe noon Eastern. We have the UFC's debut in France. really? uh, Yeah, they're in Paris. Main event of Cyril Gone and Tai Tuivasa. I will be covering that on Saturday. If you want my full preview of that event, the good, the bad, and the otherwise, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. This last week was short. I talked about Demetrius Johnson being awesome, as well as Muay Thai and four-ounce gloves being really awesome. (laughs) should have done that a while ago. I don't know why they're not doing that more regularly. It's, that's one of the things one does right. Like not a lot, but they do that right. Uh, Also a preview of this upcoming event. So I will be covering that. And yes, September's gonna kind of suck. So we'll see about making our own fun somewhere
0: along the way. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Make your own fun, Pat. For Robert Winfrey, I'm Mark Ratledge. This has been Damn You Hollywood. Be well, be safe and behave.